right, man. Dude, we're here. This is our this is gonna be our it's gonna be our last show before Thanksgiving. I know, man. You got any plans? This is the first time. Uh I, I should probably explain to everyone if listening. I, I may get a little creaky voice. You know, we gotta go we gotta do a little bit of this while we're talking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been pretty nasty sick last uh <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of days. Had a flu, fever, chill type thing going on. Yeah. And so um, I'm, I'm on the I'm better, but I'm I'm on the downturn. So if you hear me turn away from the microphone, you hear a little bit of coughing, or you hear my voice kind of straining. Uh, yeah, it is. So I've got like a big old cup of water here to keep the whistle wet. Um, so yeah, I just want to apologize for that right from the get go. Uh, but well, the rest of us here at here at Reasonable think uh, just thank you for your service and we thank you for your. Your perseverance. And oh man! Hey, just your your stick to itness. The show the show must go on, man. The show must <laughs> just, go on, man. It's uh, unbelievable. Yeah, this is the first time in since Joanna and I have known been together. I want to say known each other because we knew each other before we started before we started dating in the mid nineties. Back in the mid nineties, there that. When we live are, was still on the radio. When who was? Live. <laughs> live, yeah. Uh, who was there? Throwing Copper? That was their big yeah. album. Yeah, yeah, man. A good album. I think I have a copy of that somewhere. Job Breaking. That was Job Breaking Extraordinaire with those oh, guys. Yeah. yeah, it was. You know what? Reasonable is if you don't know what Job Breaking is, it's uh, where you do like the, the girdle, you know, like Creed. I can't do it. My, th- my throat's too beat up. I know. I was like, don't, don't, yeah, don't you're going to, you're going to, we're going to get 30 seconds in and you're going to be like, <laughs> okay, that's, okay, that's it for me. I appreciate your time. Thanks. I like, thanks everybody for tuning into reasonable fanboys. <laughs> I like comics. I'll see, I'll see uh, you next time. Like, like job breaking would be, um, like Nickelback. Yeah, man. Scott Stapp and stuff like Creed, that. Creed. Yeah, yeah. Like early Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, Metallica, uh, James Hetfield can can jaw break with the best of them. So yeah, you had this uh, you had this band live, you know, so good. Default, we're starting my time. <laughs> oh jeez, I almost forgot about default. <laughs> so bad. I heard that song on on the radio the other day on Apple Music. Like oh. default comes. Oh, I turned it up. I was like, yeah, I got <laughs> like, I got well, hello, Windows default. down, oh, music yeah. up. So we wasting go. my time again. All right. Yeah, I was <laughs> wasting my time again by listening to that song. Anyway, dude, this is Thanksgiving. We're trying to keep this banner down because there's so much to talk about. This Thanksgiving, we're for the first time, we are <clears throat> doing our own thing. We are not traveling from one side of the family to the other. I mean, we're very blessed that both sides of our family all live here in Arizona. So, you know, there isn't that having to, you know, jump on an airplane and fly or anything like that. Though we do have some relatives who live about three hours North of us. Yeah. But we, we just made the, the call uh, this year. We said, you know what? It is John. It is Joanna. It is James at the lemmings house. I'm cooking the bird. The first time I've ever cooked a turkey. I'm excited. Yeah, man. Yeah, d- doing it traditional, old school. I'm not. I'm not barbecuing it. I'm not deep frying it. Those. I'm not knocking those. Those. Those are delicious. There is no doubt. But I am gonna, you know, 
bake this thing up the old school way. I'm going to fill its butt with dressing and stuffing and a big old onion. And we're doing it all right here. And we actually laid down the law. Today, we're doing the same thing on Christmas. It, it is. That's what we're doing this year. And it's the, it's the, it's the, the three lemmings. And that's, that's right. And that's if, making memories, dude. Absolutely. Love it. So looking forward to that. But yeah, this will be our, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, this will be our last show before Thanksgiving. What are, what are your, uh, what are your plans? Are you guys staying in? Are you jumping in the Ford and running across the border from Louisiana to Texas and back and <laughs> forth again? Nah, we won't be doing, we won't be, uh, traveling at all. So that'll be nice, but oh, that's good. Yeah. We, uh, invited, uh, last year. Um, and we talked about it a little bit on the show, I think, but last year I had, um, her parents from Louisiana, my wife's parents, Lauren's parents over, uh, and then my parents came out. And so we kind of had like a few days and we all spent time together and just kind of relaxed for a few days. And it was, it was quite fun. So, uh, this year we kind of extended the same invitation. We were just like, Hey, you know, if everybody wants to come on, come on. And, uh, this year, uh, Lauren's parents said that they were going to be hanging out there or going to her sister's house. Um, because they weren't able to spend it last year with them. So I was like, well, all right, cool. My parents have said, Hey, we'll come on out. So it'll, uh, be a little, be just, uh, the four of us in the, in the O'Farrell house here. And, um, we decided to go probably a little non-traditional this year. So we're going to shake it up a little bit. We did the whole Turkey and we did the old tradition last year. So we might just switch it up this year. We might just kind of break away and b- grill and, I don't know, man. Like that's kind of the plan so far. My parents were like, "Well, y'all are hosting, so let's bring let us bring the food." And we're like, "Oh, hey, yeah, that's never uh, a bad okay. Thing. <laughs> All right, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> y'all come on." <laughs> well, I remember when you said last year that you Yo. that you barbecued a turkey, and I and I joked. No, we picked it. We picked it up. We, we yeah. I didn't even get it done. I picked it up from the barbecue place here called Rudy's. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> but I, I think. I think we, I think we did like a 0.5 show or something like that, and yeah. and and I made a joke that you know you just took a big frozen turkey and set it on the barbecue grill, <laughs> just set it out, and that'll do. I don't worry, I got one of them poppers in it. It'll pop and tell me when it's done. Just, just, <laughs> just an open charcoal pit. <laughs> just laying just, it on the charcoals. It'll, she'll cook. She'll cook. <laughs> Well, let's go. Let's go out for a while. <laughs> we'll leave it there on an open flame. <laughs> let's just go out for a minute. That's <laughs> too funny. Yeah, man. So I, I, I love the smell of, love the smell of turkey food cooking. So I'm, I'm yeah, looking dude. forward to the house. You know, just kind of filling up. Like, like when you want to go to a grocery store and you know you smell the rotisserie chickens that they're cooking in the in oh the yeah man oh, yeah man. that smells like thanksgiving to me i smell that i'm like this is my favorite time of the year i mean i said this last year on the show but you know there's probably maybe people who are new but this is literally my favorite time of the year man it from from october yeah. through the end of december i i love this time of year yeah from the food to the decorations i had every intention to christmas decorate inside today but that didn't work out as planned the energy level was like hmm, hmm. so we still even put out hadn't put out our thanksgiving decorations oh we don't do there's no such thing it's just like it's fall decorations yeah. we usually do but just like turkeys <laughs> pictures of turkeys <laughs> those little hand turkeys my wife, <laughs> lauren said that she 
<laughs> she said that uh, today that's what she made her cl- kids do in class today was make hand turkeys. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. She teaches uh, juniors and like seniors and, and sophomores in high school. And so she's like, all right, guys, we're going to make hand turkeys today. So she had them, <laughs> all these high schoolers making hand turkeys. That's awesome. We used to make pine cone turkeys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <clears throat> Christmas stuff will probably happen on, on Sunday when we're watching your Houston Texans take on my Arizona Cardinals. For, <laughs> I mean, I can't. <laughs> for no apparent reason. I don't know what they're playing for at this point, but they're playing. I can't, I can't tell you how little of a dog I have in that, fu- in that hunt, man. Uh, I, I do uh, not have a dog dude, in that hunt. You know, Texans host- is a Houston team. You know, if they win, great. You know, but I honestly, baseball for me has been all, you know, just that constant for me. So NFL hasn't for whatever reason, it just hasn't really been there. So, well, Brian, you got yourself in trouble a few years ago when you made the bold claim that who was was it that Alabama could be the worst and it was it Alabama. I don't know. Hey, I, you, I, I made this. Here's the deal. It was, about it was that. half. It was half joking. I mean, you I made that just to poke some ribs. Oh yeah, but it was funny. You made. I, I think I may have been Alabama. It was the best. Whoever the best oh, college it was, football it was Oklahoma team was at the time. It was Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma versus yeah. Whoever the best college team was. Yeah, could you beat said the you worst know, team you said in the, NFL. the best college team could beat the worst NFL team. And yeah. holy smokes, man, people just about beat you senseless. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> that was the, like, the that was like is, lighting a little match and throwing it into a pile of diesel. Like it was yeah. just like, I'm going to watch that burn for a few. That's funny. The answer is no, they wouldn't. <laughs> See, don't get all worked up now. <laughs> no, I'm not. There's nothing to get worked up for. It's, it, it just it was happen. funny. Nah, it, it, was, was it was funny. It was just, it was uh, definitely one of those like, eh. I'll needle a few ribs. Oh, we'll man. see what happens you got, here. You got, man, you got people heated. Oh, people got oh. so mad. Yeah. People got so mad in the back, man. That was crazy. Oh, man. Well, you know, the Cardinals are sitting at four and five and technically still in the hunt. There's seven games left. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, if they win on Sunday, I mean, who cares? <laughs> the only, the only cares? shining diamond for Arizona sports this year has been the D-backs. The Coyotes started 1-12-2. It's yeah. a great way to start. The uh, Cardinals are, well, in a transitional season, and the Suns are just wretched. So, <laughs> Well, there you go. Thank goodness for the D-backs. All right, man, dude, let's talk some comic book stuff, man. Yeah, man. So much going on, dude. I mean, I, I tweeted out a little while ago <clears throat> that, you know, we're getting ready to, to record. Got so much on our plate. Um, let's start. You want to start with Thor? I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, let's do, let's do a little Thor yeah, recap, man. man. We, we um, saw that, what, last weekend or two weekends ago now? Yeah, it's two. Yeah, yeah. Because Justice League, uh, at least here in Arizona, well, there's still people when we're recording, recording on Thursday. Uh, November 16th. 16th Justice League is actually open here yeah yeah, yeah. did it did it open there too it's like a yeah, day it's early. Open here. yeah I mean it's like 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. on Thursdays yeah. or whatever when mm-hmm. it opens yeah. so it is it is open right now so it's about uh, yeah. you know two weeks from the time you know of, of Ragnarok yeah <clears throat> so yeah that's uh yeah so what'd you think man Dude, your I, thoughts. man I had, a, I had a I had a fun time I really did I had a fun time at Thor um talked to a few people afterwards and it was just that, like, hey, man, like, you know, we, we kind of talked. We kind of talked. We didn't really talk about it much because we wanted to save most of our thoughts for when we, when we record and stuff like that. <coughs> Excuse me. Because believe it or not, whenever you, uh, 
when you start talking about it, you lose, you, you, you forget stuff that you mentioned before. <laughs> so no, you're like, happens. Oh man, why didn't I say that? Oh, that's probably why. Cause I, I talked about it four times before I talked <laughs> on the show. No, um, but, uh, yeah, dude, I, uh, we, Lauren and I went, of course, Lauren went, you know, she was just like, she goes, which one is this one? I said, this is uh Chris Helmsworth shirtless. And she goes, Oh, okay, I'll go. And she, uh, so <laughs> was like, come she's on, on, at least she's honest. <laughs> Hey, she's like, I don't want to watch me. a raccoon. She goes, I don't want to watch a raccoon, but let me know when Chris Helmsworth is shirtless on, on the big movie screen again. Man, and I'll go with for, you. And for like, Joanna, right. it's Chris Evans. Man, hey, she, she loves Captain America. They are studs. So oh, <laughs> she ain't looking, wrong. Good looking fellas. Good looking fellas, <laughs> those two. <laughs> so, uh, but we went and, uh, and, you know, best of the Thor movies by far, you know, that's not really a, a grand statement by any stretch of the imagination, but <laughs> that's bold, the was bold, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'm not dividing too many, you know, bold. fans out there by saying that. Ryan um, just poured some bold sauce. Bad <laughs> <laughs> big claim. No, I actually I felt like I enjoyed it more than Guardians, uh, Volume Two. I felt like uh, I felt like it delivered in a different way. Um, a lot of the things that I was worried about. Um, didn't really bother me as much. You know, they, we talked a lot about the ad libbing and, and kind of everything there. Um, that didn't bother me as much. I didn't, I didn't really notice it, I guess. It didn't really feel that way. I remember there was one moment that I kind of groaned at a, at another joke. It was at a joke that they didn't need. And it was when, um, they were all on the bridge and they were getting, they were loading up the, uh, they were loading up all the, all the refugees essentially and getting them off <laughs> getting them out of um asgard uh, asgard <laughs> so uh that's when uh hella was at the end of the bridge and uh what is it uh loki said or they were talking about making a plan and loki said i don't want to do i don't i need help again or something like that and it was playing on a bit that they did before and that was the only joke that i remember i was just kind of like nah, nah, nah. Yeah. I don't really care about that one. Can only go to but, the well so many times with that one. Yeah, that was like I felt like it was funny the first time, but like referencing it wasn't. It, I mean, it just didn't land. But other than that, like I didn't feel too bad throughout the entire movie. I felt like it flowed okay. Um, I like they cleaned up. Uh, man, you want to talk about cleaning up uh, uh, characters? Man, they just did that in the first ten minutes. It felt like they just like did a clean sweep of Jane. Whew, she's out. Good deal. Bye. Yeah, man. Talk about just being like summarily dismissed. <laughs> oh, it was great. I didn't. It didn't bother me at all, man. Because it's honestly, mm. we talked about it last week. And in Thor one and two, it was. And I, we watched Thor one when we got home that night. Funny enough. Um, well, I mean, Lauren. You know, she's all charged up after. She's all charged that. up. She wants to watch some more. more like, Thor. What am I gonna do? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> capitalize so i was like so um well we watched the first one and that story that that jane story it feels just pushed um so hard like in that first one and it and it feels pushed and forced um from what i even from what i remember in the second movie i haven't watched that in a couple of months but the the third one i'd love it man it was just like whoop okay we're start we're starting over at the wrong time, but we're starting over with like his love interest and just sweeping out what we don't need. They uh, addressed the uh, the Hulk Bruce Banner thing pretty well. I liked that 
Um, I thought that was a that was a better take than what they were trying to do before. Because I remember talking about, man, I'm going to have a big problem if 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 Thor or if Hulk's been like tricked into fighting again. Like that was yeah. going to be my whole yeah. problem with it. Of like, he's already been tricked a couple of times to raging out. And this time it wasn't that at all. Like it's actually, he stayed because he stayed as Hulk. Hulk ended up just taking the wheel and that I can, I'm buying that. I'm, I'm okay. I can sit down with that on my plate. And I really enjoyed how they kind of played off of that of like, he's been Hulk for two years and Hulk's just kind of just done the takeover part. And I'm, I liked it a lot. Actually, I was a big fan. Um, of of that move. I didn't have a problem with it at all. Um man, I just I mean I really enjoyed it. I don't know where were you at on it. Well, it <clears throat> it was a very colorful movie. It it follows along in the theme of Guardians Volume 2 <clears throat> where, you know, the Guardians has a very 80s feel to it. This one had a very 70s feel to it with the the coloring, the the soundtrack. Um oh, yeah, loved yeah. loved the immigrant song. Um, during the the battle with Sartor, I thought that was you know freaking awesome. Oh, also, if you if you pay attention to the movie, the movie follows the plot of the immigrant song. By the way, and that was intentional. Oh, cool! The immigrant song is the plot of Thor three. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alerts. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Definitely, you know, when you say it's the best of the of the Thor movies, that's not. You're not walking too far out on the plank there by yourself. No, I know. Yeah. With with that one, um, I I disagree a little bit with <clears throat> the way Jane was dismissed, just based off of the storytelling of the Dark World, where his love and for her and her love for him was such at the forefront that he was willing to step away from being Odin's son uh, and essentially become mortal to be with Jane. Yeah. And that being such a huge, I mean, that was the, that was the MacGuffin, right? Of Thor too. I mean, that was essentially the plot point. And then, Oh, sorry. She broke up with you. It was a mutual breakup. We're, we're on our way. Okay. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it, Marvel's not going to pay Natalie Portman and clearly she doesn't want to be back and you don't want her <clears throat> doing something that, she's not enjoying doing though. I don't know what she's doing <laughs> right now. I mean, I guess if Kate Blanchett could be in a, in a Marvel movie, Natalie Portman feels like it's too trite. I don't know, but so yeah, she's gone. And so, okay. Um, whatever, it, you know, from that point on it, it, it really is a, is a non-factor, but hopefully, you know, they don't pull something silly like they did with homecoming where she maybe shows up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pops up at the end. Just, oh, jo yeah. just Joshin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're still together. You know, I, it was, it, yeah, it was a super fun movie. You know, I, I don't know again. I mean, for, for me, it, it it's not, you know, it, top, it's not the top shelf of MCU movies. It, it, it felt just like, Thor and Dark World. I, I felt like this was here uh, to push Infinity War more than it was to push Thor as a character. You know, he's fleshed out a little bit more. I mean, he he is now, you know, the king of Asgard. 
no, that's going to be short-lived. I mean, I guess we should have specified there's going to be spoilers in this, by the way. So if you haven't seen Ragnarok, we're going to spoil a little bit. You know, end credit scene, that's Thanos' ship that they run up against. And Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and so the opening uh, for the Infinity War trailer, which hasn't been, you know, publicly released but people have talked about it from comic-con you know it starts out with the guardians running into thor floating in space so either thanos destroys the ship or takes the asgardians prisoner or something happens around or something yeah Yeah, it's definitely definitely something yeah unpleasant so you know again it just it kind of felt like with the other two thors it was was there to push a narrative forward that wasn't necessarily about Thor. I, it was very evident that people were having fun making this movie. Sure. You know, uh, Jeff Goldblum was aces every time. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, was so dude, good. He, they have got to find a way to bring the Grandmaster back. I mean, he that cannot be... Because he, he is a uh, celestial. He's, he's an eternal. Uh, along with the Collector and along with Ego. He is he's eternal. He's a celestial. Yeah. So uh, I hope we haven't seen the end. Makes me really wish his scene had not been cut from Guardians Volume 2. Um, wasn't even in the special features, which was surprising, but there was a scene shot with the Grandmaster for Guardians well, Volume 2. Well, we saw two. him in the credits. And that's it. But there was a scene and it was cut. <laughs> just too bad. Which was uh, like I, the I, weirdest part, to be honest with you, <laughs> seeing Jeff Goldblum in the credits of Guardians. And yeah. you're like, what what did we miss? <laughs> like we clearly missed Jeff Goldblum in something. Like right? could, yeah, what can happened? Happened? Us, please? Yeah, <laughs> just turn around, just kind of go. All right, let's move it back a few a few <laughs> frames. I we missed we, Jeff. Yeah, uh, I thought he was great. Uh, absolutely oh, yeah. great. Hey, dude, Jeff Goldblum does no wrong in my opinion. He's going to be in the new Jurassic World as well too. Mm. Doc. Ah, can't wait, dude. I'm such a Goldblum fanboy. It's not even funny. (laughs) It's okay, dude. It's a good thing. He just entertains the hell out of me. What can I say? Yeah. Um, You know, I like the, I I, I like the Hulk storyline. I thought that was really, really good. And there were at times I felt this was more of a Hulk movie than a Thor movie at times. I, I love the play off of, you know, Banner and Hulk now competing for dominance. Yeah. And where Banner is afraid that if he becomes Hulk again, then he may be gone. And Hulk is making it very clear he doesn't want Banner back. So that's that's an interesting, you know, plot line that Ruffalo has said will be expanded upon in Infinity War yeah. and Infinity War too. So I'm real excited to to see that. You know, Kate Blanchett, I thought was fantastic. I don't know what it is about her get up in that movie, but man, it turns my crank. I don't know what it is. <laughs> dude, I got a thing. Foxy. I got a thing she for goth foxy, chicks, man. Dude, yeah, she was I got a thing for goth movie. chicks. And, you know, when she kind of like does that sexy thing with her hair to turn it into her helmet, can't wait to see that in 4K. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was I thought she was great, man. Just every scene she was in was so good. And you can tell she purposefully went over the top and it Yeah. And I I love it. There there was no restraint. It looked like she was having an absolute blast. Oh yeah. The way she would just curl her lip and snarl. 
I hope that we haven't seen the last of her, not just because I think she looks nice on film. I liked her character, and she yeah. is indestructible. She's not, you know, even though Ragnarok did occur, she is the goddess of death. And, you know, there are these rumors that, um, that, that she will be the consort of Thanos in the Infinity yeah. War. Um, you know, because if you read the Infinity Gauntlet in, in the comics, Thanos is in love with Death, uh, Lady Death, and obviously that hasn't been expanded upon at all no. in the MCU. It'd be kind of weird to introduce that now. He's just this character, Death, but you've got the Goddess of Death. So, be really interesting to see if somehow she comes back. Uh, That'd I, be cool. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with yeah. it. I, I think up until this point, she has probably been the most dominant. Yeah, Marvel villain. On, on film up until you know what we see with Thanos I guess you could say maybe ego but um, I, something tells me Hela probably would not have had much of a, of a hard time with, with ego yeah. um, taking care of, of him so I thought she was great uh, I, th I thought um, you know the character Scourge was, was very awesome love that you know I, I don't want to just sit here and make this a, a love fest I mean th this, was a, this was a Thor movie and with a Thor movie there's a couple of things that just kind of had me going, you know, hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know why Doctor Strange was in this movie. I, I just don't. I, it, it felt like, like Spider-Man and Civil War. Let's, let's find a way to get Strange in here. And not yeah, I felt like it was a reminder, to be honest with you. To me, it felt yeah. like... Don't forget it, about it Doctor was Strange like, here. It was that. It yeah. was like, hey, Doctor Strange is a part of this. And I, yeah. it honestly, I felt like it only served that purpose. Because yeah. Doctor Strange in... Uh, the movie Doctor Strange, there wasn't a lot of crosstalk between, you know, that was a pretty much a solo movie. Like there wasn't a ton of crosstalk. So yeah, you had to, I felt like it was like a, you know, remember guys, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is part of our thing. So don't forget. Okay. Yeah, Cause he's going to show up later and everybody's going to be like, who's that guy? And you're going to be like, yeah, you remember? <laughs> no one would have thought that, which is funny. I, I just felt that the, the scenes with him and Thor were unnecessarily goofy with Thor like Pratt falling downstairs and and it's like you know what are we doing here you know I mean to be honest with you I kind of forgot about that yeah because I mean it's, it, it felt like you know <laughs> cue the cue the 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 Benny Hill music you know <laughs> right it just was like yeah how many times yeah. it just Pratt falls in yeah man I hear you yeah and uh, yeah, I, you know there's something that you know you guys know that I'm, I'm big on timeline and, and continuity. I mean, and they say there's been two years since Banner went into space, and we know that Civil War happened within months of Ultron. Why would Strange say nothing to Thor about the Avengers being essentially dismantled? I mean, there's like three, two, well, there's essentially like two members of the Avengers right now. You got Vision and Iron Man, right? I mean, Rhodey is yeah, right. Rhodey's in in rehab. Spider Man turned it down, um, and then you have the Secret Avengers, which you know Steve busted out Ant Man and Hawkeye and Falcon and yeah from the from the raft. So we have the Secret Avengers. I mean, why why would there be no mention? Why why would Strange not just you know say while you've been out and about because i feel like he knows thor <laughs> i don't think he has an idea dude no 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 strange oh yeah but why wouldn't he say something to thor that's like, what i mean like I, I feel like he would know you know what i mean like oh, i yeah. feel like he he's in the know 
Well, the whole world knew. I mean, it was all on, it was all on TV. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what I, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. no, I, yeah, we're I, in agreement here. We're in agreement, totally. Yeah. And and, and <laughs> for like, that not and for, no, 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 we are. And and for that not to be in his conversation with Thor. Yeah, I mean, not that he's got to break down the whole, you know, civil war, but just saying, hey, you know, while you've been, you know, out trying to find, you know, Ragnarok or whatever, your friends here have been making a real mess. And it clearly strange does not want Thor around because he tells Loki, so, you know, you're going to go get Odin and you're leaving, right? Well, maybe that's why. I mean, that could be an excuse right there to not yeah. tell him. So that way he doesn't stick around and try to find out that, that could be. So, yeah, he would. I mean, I feel like Thor would he would he would go take off and he would because that was before his hammer got destroyed because his umbrella was his hammer. Mm-hmm. So he, he would have just and then gone to Avengers Tower and he just searched for them and he just said, hey, what's going on? He, he would have gotten there and been like, they all moved. <laughs> well, you know, but he would have gone. He would have gone searching for him. Yeah. Which would have totally, you know, which again, then would completely distract from, you know, all the colors. So <laughs> from the pretty you know, colors keep in it outer shiny. space. Keep it shiny in outer space. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I mean, if he knew then that would be why I think why he didn't want to tell him. But I feel like they should have told the audience that of like he of something showing a symbol of something. Maybe he's got something, you know, maybe he's got one of the I don't know, man, but he's or you know, just just a passing reference to where he could even say, OK, yeah, that's happening right now. But this is bigger than Tony and and Steve and their little like hissy fit. I mean, he could have easily dismissed it. It's been like, okay, you know, I'm going to let these two just kind of, you know, piddle around. I've got, I'm, I'm seeing bigger things happening in the universe and this isn't one of them. Right. Yeah. I don't maybe know. So. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's an, it's a knit to pick at. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, in I, there at times I, I felt Hulk looked, did not look real enough. And there were several times where he just, you know, you, you pointed out in, in, in wonder woman, um, the uh, the scene where <clears throat> Diana is a little girl, she's on top of a rock, and you said it was just like really apparent, and she's oh, training like the landscaping like, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like the, and, and you can really, and I can see what you're talking about, especially watching it in in Ultra HD. I was like, okay, okay, I see what he was referring to. And while it didn't take anything away from the movie for you, and I'm not saying this about Thor, but there there were a couple times with Hulk where I'm like, whoa, okay, did the budget get tight like around this? And this have. part here yeah because you almost like, kind of expected mark ruffalo to kind of walk out of the like the cgi of the hulk and they're having <laughs> to try to shift him back and <laughs> be like the claws and in, in wolverine origins when he's in the bathroom and oh. they're just like vibrating on his hands going everywhere <laughs> stupid so. <laughs> yeah um so uh, they're just at times that the the special effects took me yeah. out of the movie rather than bringing yeah. me in um and you know what's really weird is no no mention of Lady Sif. And, I was about to bring that up. Actually. And the Warriors Three went moment. out like a bunch of chumps. Done. Later, fellas. That contract's Bye. up. <laughs> Bye. No, no, I, not renewing I, that contract. You now, know in, the, I, in the in the case of Lady Sif, the actress who plays her, her, her name's escaping me. Um, a lot of people wanted her to to play Diana from the get go, and I I think she would have been a good fit, but gal ended up obviously owning that role uh she's on that show uh it's on nbc where she plays like a tattooed girl 
And she's yeah, like, she's got her own. Yeah, they've got their own show. And yeah, it's, and it's and so, doing well. So yeah, yeah, it seems to be doing very well. And I'm sorry, reasonable if if I'm botching the name of the show, and if you're a fan of it, it's it's not a slight. I'm not I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I just I don't remember the name. But uh, the the filming of that show uh, interfered with the filming of Thor. Uh, so they're just you know sometimes you just have to make a decision, right? I mean, either you're going to do one or you're going to do the other. And so Lady Sif was not in. Thor three. Now that's not to say that she couldn't show up, you know. Yeah. Somewhere down the line. Well, well you th- I mean, at least for a death scene, right? Yeah, I just I just <laughs> like miss, if, if you could yeah, have just I taken her out. Her. She was such a huge but, part of the of the storyline. Uh, huge. I mean, she was enormous. Lady Sif yeah. was missing completely. They didn't even reference her. Nope. Uh oh, the show oh the the gal is Jamie Alexander. And she you, yeah. the show is blind spot, by the blind way. Blind spot, yeah, that's right. Um, she's, she's an amnesiac who's got like all these tattoos on her and they're they're supposed to I'm, like be clues. Yeah, neat. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen, network, never seen a, never television seen a trailer. Should, should probably tell you exactly. <laughs> never that seen no, nothing will never ever get resolved on that show. So, <laughs> yeah, but no, but I, uh, I did, I, you know, as soon as they killed the, I mean, and I, you know what, to be honest with you, um, there are moments in television and there are moments in a lot of television or in, in movies where risks like that sometimes don't get taken. Sometimes that kind of stuff is drawn out a little too long and you have the, so they want to do the emotional swing and, you know, remember the warriors three. And you know, it's like they, they were, they were in, you know, uh, they, they battled with Thor in the first movie they battled, they helped him escape, uh, Asgard in the second movie. And they, you know, like they were a big part of the movie. Oh dude, they were inseparable from Thor. It I was, mean, they were best friends. Loyal. They were, yeah. They were his, loyal. they were his warriors. Yeah. And for for Hela to walk in the door and just <laughs> annihilate them, I actually really liked that. I really it was unceremonious. It was it was the way death operates. It was death walks in, people die. Like it wasn't there's no it doesn't death doesn't care who you are. Death doesn't care what you've done. Death doesn't care what relationships you're in. Death walks in and you're dead. Like and I and I really kind of like that that show even though i really love those characters and i think they're fantastic and i uh you know i will miss their character banter and and every time they get to interact with thor even in the first movie when i you know we watched it again i it was the goofiest thing when they come into town you know in new mexico and they're in a oh, little yeah. town and they're just walking around garb. like it's <laughs> just like it's Renaissance a cosplay Fair. convention <laughs> you know <laughs> and so I really, I still really enjoyed their banter with them. I still really enjoy that. So, um, for them to just get knocked out like that, I really liked it. It, it reminded me stuff of like, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't watch the show very often, but I keep up with it enough to like, you know, Game of Thrones, where they just kind of like <laughs> characters are done. Like, then that's it. Like, there's no ceremony. There's no nothing. Like one scene, they have been your favorite character for three seasons, and then they're dead. <laughs> you know yeah yeah i like it, that i like that a lot well and it, it certainly wasn't a complaint uh <clears throat> the the way the warriors three went out minus lady sif it just that's uh, the only I, part that bothered me is that i don't know you know nothing was yeah. mentioned of her so yeah. and not she that very, she's gone not that she's been dead already like she she very well could not even have been on asgard i mean who knows she she could have been yeah man yeah because we know, know we know you know the, the people come and go quite a bit so she could have been in one of the other other realms or other realms yeah so, protecting another realm really you know but it, i get the feeling though that valkyrie um is probably replaced lady sif as oh yeah 
excuse me, the quote unquote love interest, or does she even make it to Avengers Infinity War? Well, you know, we, we don't even know. I mean, I guess, I guess that's one of the cool things. It's kind of left un, unsaid. But uh, very much so, yeah. yeah she, a, um, a couple of things. Tessa were, Thompson was played Valkyrie and yeah, just Tessa Thompson, yeah. dominated it. I thought she, yeah, she was, was fantastic. Great. Yeah, she was fantastic. Great. No complaints, man. Nope. She did wonderful. No, she's really good in Creed too, by the way. Um, oh, I had to try that. Oh, you know, we got a little messy plot point, um, plot hole cleaned up where Hella just knocks over a gauntlet and said, "Yeah, this is a fake." So that takes care of that little plot hole. Which I uh, mean, I, I, I oh, so there's there's the big plot hole, dude. Because remember, like in Odin's in Odin's vault, he has the gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but yeah, and then, we, but there was a scene where where Thanos walks in and yeah, takes it. Thanos already has the gauntlet. Hela says the one that Odin has is a fake, and she knocks it over. You didn't catch that scene. Man, I must. I don't know why I missed it. Oh but, my god, dude, that's been like I, it that's wouldn't been have the biggest me as weird movie. though. That's been the biggest buzz of the movie because, dude, that that's been the biggest plot hole. Is be, and you and I have talked about it on this show. Is that how how yeah we have go back. There's thirty some episodes. You'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> because he I always knew your he drive, took it. <laughs> What's that? I always knew he. I always knew he took the gauntlet. He, but he did so, not. He did not take the gauntlet. He has always had the gauntlet in his possession. He just doesn't oh, have the stones. Always had it. He doesn't have the stones to put it in. But they have a scene where he walks in and takes the gauntlet. No, no, that no. So there, there's the scene, the end credit scene where he says, I'll do it myself, right? Where he puts the gauntlet on and he makes the fist, right? Right. He's not in Asgard. Thanos could not enter Asgard without like the, the poop hitting the fan. Everybody would know if Thanos entered Asgard. And you and I talked about this on the show, because even though Loki had said, well, there's secret mm. ways in and out. Hold on, dude. Hold on. Be, is that I'm listening? Yeah. I'm just I'm trying to find it because I swear to God, nope. There is Thanos, a scene where he's his face is in the vault and no, he's, he's no, grabbing he the opens, glove. No, it, a, a drawer opens up. You see the glove. He puts his hand in it and he says, "I'll do this myself." And he makes a fist. He is not in Asgard. He's on his own ship, which created a plot hole because we saw in Thor, the gauntlet is in Odin's vault. So right, then the yeah. so hold on. So then the question was, how could Thor how could Thanos get the gauntlet out of Asgard's vault without Odin knowing about it? Yeah, and, you would think he would know. Right? And one of the apologetics was Loki saying, Well, there are all sorts of back doors and ways to get in to Asgard. But still, if a Titan were to enter Asgard through a back door, Odin would know. So, so I don't, and I and I remember from the first movie, the first Thor movie, when mm-hmm. Th- when Odin remembers because I mean I just watched it when Odin says <laughs> your Thor marathon, right? In my Thor marathon, when Odin says Frost Giants, the Frost Giants were at that moment attacking those guards. Yes, so they were already there. They were yeah. chilling out. They were mm-hmm. behind the. They were behind cover. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they had. They were. They were there, and he find. He finds out as soon as they walked in the door. Yeah, they had been there. They had snuck in, mm-hmm. and then they attacked the guards. And when they attacked the guards, Odin, it it hits Odin that they are there. So okay, yeah. In terms of like, if someone were to show up and take something. I think that could happen without Odin knowing only because yeah. that has shown 
that was already I, displayed. I would agree to that to a point, but I also think Odin was was demonstrating a real soft spot when it came to the Frost Giants because not yeah. only is oh, not only sure. is his adopted son a Frost Giant, uh, but he had this very tentative treaty with the Frost Giants as well too. And he he couldn't go back to war with them. Yeah. So I, I but what eventually? So the, the, when we clear all this up, the, there was a plot hole. There was a plot hole. It's like how could Thanos get into Odin's vault? on Asgard and, and nobody nobody know it well you dismiss it very very simply by having Hela knock the gauntlet over and saying this is a fake in fact just about everything in here is a fake so uh-huh. so that, well, I mean, okay. yeah, that helps yeah, well yeah I mean it's a retcon I mean it's that's why there is that that little magic thing that all of our favorite movies and TV shows love to use the retcon yeah right yeah so thanos has been in possession of the gauntlet he's just needing the stones uh to put in there now clearly loki has taken the tesseract i mean he walks by it he's got it he took it in his possession there's no way that he left the tesseract yeah with everything else yeah yeah, no he (laughs) took it so it's easy to connect the dots that you know as soon as the ship left asgardian orbit if it even has an orbit uh, thanos picked up on the on the stone he was able to or loki contacted him so we'll see For we'll sure. see with it we'll see well, with Avengers so, Infinity yeah War. so i just rewatched that scene just to kind of pull it up and just check it out again and yeah i mean you know you're right but i just want to make sure that everyone knows that i was misspeaking oh so, geez no that's um, <laughs> oh, come on <laughs> <laughs> no so uh, the 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 scene that i remember it's a the way that it looks and i know why my mind told me it was the back side of the vault uh, because of where the destroyer comes from you see all those stone like uh fence pieces or wall pieces kind of disappear a little bit yeah. it has a very similar vibe when thanos puts on the gauntlet in that scene it, it kind of things kind of pull away and there's a big bright light kind of thing so um I know that's why that's what I was thinking about when I was when I when I thought that. So uh, let's see here. Uh, but yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and I, that's that's uh, makes so much sense that <laughs> that he would keep uh, that if he really didn't. I mean, he's telling the story of his career, and you know he's you know lying on his resume, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> or those, I mean, we, he didn't really capture those items, but he you know they're still out there and that's well, what so that's why this nothing has been resolved by his reign no it, right? it, it really was an, an ineffective reign as king and when hella destroys the the um wall paintings the murals yeah oh yeah that was awesome th- then you see what what's what odin was trying to cover up which so, yeah, is kind of weird that those paint i mean they just kind of you know like put plaster over them instead of like destroying them and then putting just, up new ones just you know what to, i mean just easier to put up new paint ryan i mean <laughs> it's just easier to repaint <laughs> i don't know about you dude but i mean asgard's on a tight budget they just can't go knocking walls down <laughs> the entire city's made of gold a, that's where they put their money it's a load-bearing <laughs> wall ryan you just can't knock that down <laughs> we, we, well if we didn't make all the reinforcement bar gold we probably had the we could probably have the cash to to tear down the wall but no but we had to have gold didn't we odin we had gold. to have gold <laughs> <laughs> all right man dude i don't have anything really else to add to thor i i enjoyed it it was it was fun uh you know didn't walk out of there going oh brother 
Um, nah, I think probably because, you know, the, the lofty expectations were going to be put at the, at the door. But, you know, it, it was fun. It was a good setup to Infinity War. I mean, we've got, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got one more movie, an MCU movie, uh, before Infinity War. That'll be Black Panther, which happens. Oh, in, man, those in, trailers in, are lighting yeah. me up, too, man. They look so good. They look super good. Uh, and then, you know, comic book movies get a little bit light in, in 2018. We, didn't, we don't really have as, I mean, the, 2017, man, there was a lot. There was a lot of, a lot of really good stuff. It's going to finish, yeah. you know, here now with Justice League. But yeah. Um, So, yeah, we get one more. Uh, we get Black Panther, and then we'll get, you know, the big... The big dogfight, uh, Avengers: Infinity War Part One, and yeah. who's going to die? Who's going to live? Does Strange use the time amulet to rearrange things? Does he? Are we going to see a Marvel multiverse? Man, there's going to be all sorts of really cool potential storylines, right? Because I mean, it's going to be kind of wild, you know. Because the the DC EU kind of switching gears here and talking a little Justice League preview. The DC EU hasn't really been very shy about really demonstrating that there is a multiverse. Uh, you know, Flash visits Bruce Wayne in a dream that's clearly not the Flash of uh, Bruce's Earth that he sees. So <clears throat> it's potential that Marvel maybe you know, because I think DC is much more groovy when it comes to their multiverse, as we'll talk about here in a few minutes about yeah, right, Dark, yeah. about Dark Knights. That DC loves their multiverse, man. They love it. And they, they really embrace it and they have a lot of fun with it. Marvel acknowledges that they have a multiverse and uh, obviously Secret Empire tapped a lot into that, but it doesn't seem like they go to the well with it as much as DC. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, man, where, what, where things could go. Uh, because we, you know, we talked about, you know, Robert Downey is not going to play Iron Man until he's 70. You know, Chris Evans isn't going to be Captain America into his 60s. Uh, you know, there's, there's going to either be someone else who takes on these roles and, uh, so it, it, it's really cool, man. I, I think we're we're seeing this new um, kind of out with the old, in with the new. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't want to speculate on it, but uh, I think that's probably one of the big reasons why Strange, who really, I mean, let's face it, Doctor Strange is not when when it comes to like sales. Okay, when we talk just numbers, Ryan, Doctor Strange books do not yeah. like, lead no, the charge, I, I, right? I hear you. Yeah. Um, so there's a reason why he's going to be pushed heavy into the MCU. And I, and I think it's going to be because of his abilities as the Sorcerer Supreme yeah. to move things dimensionally and reconstruct things. And so we'll see, man, this is super, super good stuff. So yeah, uh, I think it should be, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, dude. I, I really think there was one reason why that character was brought into this universe. Um, and it clearly has something to do with the end game. Because yeah. just based on kind of his representation of it. Now, I do want to mention, uh, you know, as we wrapped up our third, um, our, our final trilogy movie um, from the original uh, three Avengers before the first Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah, Hulk, yeah uh, Hulk, Hulk got dismissed pretty quick about, you know, people forget yeah. the Incredible Hulk was the second MCU film, man. It, people, it's kind of one of those movies that has been... And yeah. you and I have talked about revisiting that movie as a, as a full episode, which we will do, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's too many movies, but, uh, that we <laughs> like that, but I like that. Yeah. Even though they're, yes, uh, Thor, I'm sorry, Hulk aside, um, you know, you got Iron Man cap and Thor, uh, were really the, really the main pullers to this MCU, uh, MCU movies up to the Avengers. Um, what I liked about it, 
uh, is it, it did wrap up the physical representations of each one of their characters. Um, we saw in Iron Man 3, uh, Tony gets rid of his you know heart valve, essentially. He finally gets the surgery and no longer depends on this thing to keep him alive. He gets it out of his chest and he has the surgery. And in Captain America Civil War, Steve puts down the shield, walks away from that physical representation. And then Thor 3, Mjolnir gets destroyed, the physical representation of these characters. And I think that's really interesting from kind of a major storytelling point where you finally see that, you know, you get the whole, the whole theme of this is like the power was never inside of the, the hammer. The power was inside of Thor, right? Like, and that's, which that's is a great kind line. Of, are you the God of hammers or are you the God of thunder? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's a great line. Yeah. And Anthony Hopkins was fantastic. Oh, the, no one could deliver so that good. line like Anthony Hopkins. Are you the God of love hammers? <laughs> just so good but it was kind of neat to see the trilogy kind of line up in that way where you see every third movie each one of those main characters kind of loses that um kind of that tie to that character and they each deal with it in a very very different way um it doesn't define them it right and it i think yeah and I, the shield doesn't define cap right you know, you know the hammer uh, doesn't define thor the 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 suit doesn't define tony Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a neat way as they kind of walked through that trilogy as, as filmmaking goes and storytelling goes to make sure that um, each one of these characters gets that fully developed circle um, at the end of their run. And I think that was a nice way for, you know, Thor's hammer to get it's destroyed. There is no more Mjolnir. Mjolnir. There's no more. It'll be back. back. But you have a lot. I liked that symbolism and I, like, I really like yeah. that version of storytelling. And when I saw the hammer, you know, of course we knew the hammer was going to get destroyed, but um, kind of at the end of it, I kind of reflected on civil war and I reflected on Iron Man three and I'm like, man, it's like, they're just, they're making sure the, that the, that these materials don't make the Avenger. And I think that's a really neat way to, to set up infinity war that they've, that they are growing up, you know, Thor is still the king of Asgard at this moment. You know, we know that. So uh, as short-lived as it will be, I'm sure, but Asgard is the people. And, uh, you know, he is the, he is the king without, his, without, a, without the need for a hammer to do it. Yeah. No, that's a good point, man. That's a really good point. It's one that, uh, that I hadn't thought of. Well, moving to uh, Justice League, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it. Just, you know, obviously it opens this weekend. Uh, you and I are expecting big things from it. We we both I think can agree this movie along with Thor Thor is just raking in the cash right now. Definitely the third time's the charm when it comes to Thor uh, because the first <laughs> yeah, the sure. first two Thor movies were two of the the lower performing MCU movies and oh yeah and Ragnarok uh, thanks to Kate Blanchett is <laughs> in that tight green suit. Uh, with the black helmet, and the black eye shadow. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, girl. I see you there, girl. Um, so, yeah, we're expecting big things from Justice League. Uh, Ryan, do you know who Steppenwolf is? Do you think our readers know who Steppenwolf is? Because, you know, he's the, he's the big nasty here in Justice League. I don't think we're going to get Darkseid right away. No, I, I like that we're getting uh, a, a mini boss. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that you know i agree i agree we it, it would have been too you know, much would have been too much to bring dark side in like right now 
Oh yeah. For be sure. like, you know, seriously. I mean, if we're going to compare it to the MCU, I mean, the comparisons are going to happen. It'd be like, you know, Thanos showing up at the second act of Iron Man. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> but I mean, it's good. Mad and Titan I, and just shows up. Hey, <laughs> hey. Infinity Stones. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Where did the hell come from? And Guardians in tow. <laughs> Who are these guys? <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, no, I think it's a good move. I think, you know, obviously it's a good move. Uh, the Steppenwolf character, I didn't read a ton about Steppenwolf, to be honest. It's not in the in my lore of when I read DC Comics and even in my repicking back up of DC Comics. Um, as you know, I had about a 20-year break from comic books. You did, so, man. Yeah, well, so I didn't well, read a ton about it, but what I can, what I can at least see in the trailers and what I... I mean, honestly... You know, just like we said, it's it's a mini boss. It's not like the full fight yet. Um, I'm excited to see them come together. He's going to be a real ex- booger. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. It's not. I mean, you know, we <laughs> saw the in the first Avengers, you know, the alien yeah. horde came in. Right. Yeah. And we had to team up to take care of these big, huge, just even flying the, the, worms. <laughs> yeah. The flying worms going through the city. So <laughs> like we still had to deal with a lot. Loki wasn't the master boss. Right. Like no. Loki He's was a puppet. He was a puppet. Yeah. Super big. Puppet. So we have the Steppenwolf character in kind of that same motion of like, you know, we need everybody to team up to take this this guy and the 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 the, the demons the those, Par, yeah those, parademons so can I, can I give you a, down, a, a quick crash course in steppenwolf maybe for our for readers it, too who, who maybe don't spend a lot of time in dc okay so we're not gonna go real deep here guys but you guys know i'm, I'm the dc guy i really love dc so inside the dc multiverse you've got this plane of existence that exists outside of the multiverse it's called the fourth world and the fourth world is where the new gods dwell. And the new gods were created by Jack Kirby uh, in the 70s. And the new gods uh, are not restricted by the multiverse. They can go wherever, whenever they want to. So, for example, the Batman that is on Earth-0, Ryan, is not the same Batman that's on Earth-22, right? We can all agree that's not the same right, Batman. Right, right. That being said, the dark side that shows up on Earth Zero will be the same dark side that shows up on Earth 22. Right. There, there is no multiple dark sides. In this fourth world, you have two planets. You've got one that's called New Genesis. Uh, it's a place that uh, Orion uh, oversees, and it is lush, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, it's thriving. I guess the best way that you could... <clears throat> Uh, analogize it is uh, like Eden from the Bible, like the Garden of Eden. It's a place of perfection, a place of peace and bliss. And, right. and then you have the exact opposite. You have Apocalypse, which is a yeah. seared, toasted, roasted, burnt, industrial, just wasteland of a planet that's ruled by Apocalypse. And Steppenwolf is a new god, as is Darkseid. And Steppenwolf is actually Darkseid's uncle, but he serves Darkseid. And he is essentially Darkseid's general. He leads the armies of Apocalypse. So Darkseid just doesn't really kind of just show up and go, I'm Darkseid, and shoots his Omega beams out of his eyes and wreaks havoc. He likes to make grand entrances. He, Steppenwolf is the um, kind of like the herald. The, the one who brings the message <laughs> right. of dark side. Basically, well, you can kneel now or you can kneel later, but you're kneeling. Either way, you're kneeling. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, that's just a crash course on Steppenwolf. Uh, I, I'm super excited uh, for this guy as a character. I'm with you, Ryan. I, I, I like I like the idea of the mini boss, man. I, I you know just it, it would have been real easy just to you know throw throw Darkseid out there and just go, okay, here's Darkseid, here's Apocalypse, and you know we we've tried that with the DCEU of very little context beyond you know characters that are introduced mm-hmm. and for those of us who read the books you know we're like oh okay that makes sense but for the average joe moviegoer they're like well i guess i'm going to wikipedia when i get home um, <laughs> maybe so yeah yeah uh so yeah i am with you man I, I i like that um the concept of the mini boss and the building to dark side um you know, mother boxes are going to be the little like cubes that you see in the DCU. Those are basically computers uh, from yeah. the fourth world. Uh, they, the new gods travel through the multiverse through means of what are called boom tubes. That's how they can get from point A to point B. So yeah, so there you go. There, there's just a, a crash course on on Steppenwolf, and and obviously you and I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, as to why Darkseid has has his eyes set on what we're assuming is earth zero uh in this movie we don't know we don't we don't we don't have any idea why uh what i find very interesting we're not going to spend a lot of time on this guys just because you know i'm seeing it tonight when the show is done recording hopefully i don't come home with another flu after sitting in a freezing cold air movie theater but yeah bring bring a bring a carhartt joke yeah right uh coat with you just bring like hot chocolate in there with me rather than (laughs) so um i lost my train of thought oh well what was, I, what was I talking about, dude? Well, you're um, going to go see it when you, you're going to go see it. Oh, no, I was going to say, you know, you, neither you and I have seen it. So, you know, we don't know what type, what type of buildup, you know, there's going to be, but, oh, sure. and I remember, uh, in the trailer, um, very, very cool line is spoken. What we're assuming is Steppenwolf where he says there, you know, speaking of earth, there is no Kryptonian. There are no lanterns. We haven't been introduced to the lanterns at all. Oh yeah, we've we've kind of we've kind of off mentioned this in our yeah. past couple of shows. And too. Uh, I I don't you know I I have no idea if the lantern core makes an appearance. Uh, I I still don't believe, and I'll find out here in about three hours. Uh, I still don't believe that when Alfred looks up and he says. He said that you would come. I don't think Alfred's talking to Superman there. I just don't. They're in the Bat Cave, it looks like, and I don't know why Kal El would be regenerating in the Bat Cave. Um, but then again, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. But I, my gut tells me that's that's a that's misdirection. Hal, yeah, uh, is he talking to Hal? Is he talking or to a Lantern? It could be Abin Sur, um, who eventually gives the you know who gives the ring to to Hal Jordan. I don't know. Uh, I kind of hope that it is because uh, we know Green Lantern's coming. I mean, they've they've announced that there is a Green Lantern sure, yeah. that will be yeah. in the DCEU. I'm very excited for it. I <laughs> I really wanted to like Green Lantern. I honestly, truly did. And and, <laughs> I, and dude, I have sat through that movie about three times, and each time I'm like, I'm really I'm gonna like this movie, and I just it, it won't let me. It just will not let me like it as much as I want to. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, it's frustrating. It's just frustrating because there's there's a lot of stuff that happens in Green Lantern. Where you're like, this is really good, and then there's just a yeah. lot where you're like, this is really bad. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not like medium bad or no, okay it's bad or, or even man. even on the side of like okay good. Like it's all really either good it's all really great it's or it's all really terrible. I mean, really bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, mean, I agree though. I I, I uh, kind of the same feelings when I watched the movie. It was very emotionally conflicting. Uh, like, I wanted to like oh, it man, so this bad. Would, this is going to be so cool when he does he when he does this and then he does the thing and you're going no, that's not. That's not at all what what no, you should be doing. No. <laughs> you should know. Did any of you ever read, read a Green Lantern book before you made this movie? <laughs> so yeah, I just I don't think love Alfred, Ryan Reynolds, but he is not Hal Jordan. N- that that was a miscast. Yeah, it, it, yeah, not 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 a good not a good role for for Ryan Reynolds. But um, yeah, so I I don't think that Alfred's talking to Cal Al. Now I could be completely one hundred percent wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm on that boat. I'm. I'm in yeah. the boat that he's talking to Kello. I think it's too easy. I think there's some misdirection there. Um, but you know, we'll see. I mean, if he is, okay. You know. Um, well, we know Superman's in it. I mean, jumping Jiminy. I mean, it's it's the Justice he's been League in for- every single press junket. Right. You know. So yeah, he's there, and, and he's know, not answering many questions. You know, Henry Cavill's no, not answering many questions. Oh no, no, thank goodness. And um, you know, and God bless you, great. Zack Snyder. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you for including him in the last trailer, but in what is obviously a dream sequence um, or a yeah. wishful thinking sequence from Lois Lane and not, yeah. bum, 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 bum. you know, here he is like, yeah. you know, and, and can I just say too, and moving on from justice league, I'm not going to say any more about it, but I, I got to say, man, when we talk about like modern day uh, superhero scores, music, we yeah, all love yeah. the Avengers theme. Oh man. I love that Avengers theme. I, I didn't like it at first, Ryan, but man, I have really come to just love those opening piano keys of the Man of Steel theme. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That gets me, man. That gets me, dude. It is, and then, of course, you got the Wonder Woman riff, which is just like, Oh, that's just... Mm. Punch you ready to go. Yeah, right? Oh, me, oh, just. I'll, be watching, I'll be watching my gal gal here pretty soon. Go get it, girl. I know it, dude. Go get I it. Know. Kate Blanchett and then Gal Gadot. Mm. <laughs> and, and Ezra Miller. Hey, guy. Mm. <laughs> hey, fella. Whatever, man. I don't care. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, you know, I will say, dude, I watched hot. it. I don't I, know what to tell you. <laughs> I watched it, an interview with Jason Momoa on the Graham Norton Project on, on BBC America. Oh, that is, he is a handsome man. He is, dude, th- that's a man crush, dude. That guy is a man's man and season one of game of thrones with him as cal drogo i can dude i all right we we got it we got to press on but i I just got to bring up this one little tiny thing that was so great okay so you know he was cal drogo in season one of game of thrones yeah as i said season one connect the dots if you haven't seen game of thrones he doesn't make it to season two (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he didn't get re. His contract no. was over at the end of the season. No, he didn't make it. But um, the the love that <clears throat> between Cal Drogo and Daenerys Targaryen is still yeah. like felt like up until the current episodes. Oh wow! She she will always love Cal uh, because she's the Khaleesi, right? I mean, she's she's also the queen of dragons, the mother of dragons, but she's the Khaleesi. She was the the queen to the Cal, and so. Um, you know, Game of Thrones has its own language, the called Dothraki, and I, I forget what it. Several years ago, it was at some Comic Con, and there was a Game of Thrones panel, and this girl, you know, it's a Q and A session, and she very nervously comes up to the microphone, 
And she says, you know, I have a question for Jason. And of course, I mean, this guy is just, you know, the most gorgeous man who's ever lived. He just gives her like all of his attention. He says, you know, what is your question? And she just kind of stands there yeah. and she, and she said, would you please call me? Um, you know, I, I forget the exact wording, but like moon of my moon, son of my son is basically what Cal Drogo calls or called Daenerys Targaryen. It was his, um, uh, sign, sign of affection. Right. And she said, would you say it to me in Dothraki? Mm. And so he said it to her in Dothraki. And if this girl could produce babies, she would have been making babies <laughs> like right there. She Instantly was like ready pregnant. to have every one of Jason Momoa's babies for <laughs> forever. And he I'd knew, try to and he it, knew too. it too. As soon as he said, she, I mean, she was just like melting, like, <laughs> I'd get pregnant. Uh, yeah, man. Dude, I think he's going to be, dude, I think he's going to be great as Arthur Curry. I really do, man. I, I've already enjoyed every single trailer he's been yeah, in. Man. Like it's, it's been solid. Uh, his, the way he, the way he it just carries himself, his attitude. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I'm a big fan. I know this will be another movie that my wife will love to come see with me. So, well, uh, dude, it's, dude, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hunks. <laughs> In the Justice League, man, you got Affleck. You know, the ladies love Ben Affleck. Henry Cavill, good-looking guy. You got Jason yeah. Momoa, good-looking fella. Gal Gadot for the fellas. I mean, it's uh, the DCU doesn't have its doesn't have a lack of eye candy for everybody. That is for sure. Man. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, dude. Let's oh, let's move well, on. Before we move completely okay, into right. print, okay. I've got no, no, I'm no, no. no there's League. a couple. There's a couple video things we got to hit on. But you go first, man. Well, I, mine are mine are minor, but um. I feel like they are. Oh, we got a big one tomorrow, dude. Well, yeah, that's okay. Let's talk about that first, and then I'll, I'll wrap up with my little stuff. So we've got uh, coming in tomorrow, coming in hot mm. at midnight tonight, um, the entire series, and one that, that you and I have just been just, I mean, it's been cooking in the kitchen. For oh, ready for a this. long time, just been ready, say just hitting the nostril, and you're like, What is that delicious? Is that ready yet? And they're like, No, it's not ready yet. And you're like, Come on, dude, it's like, almost that like smells it's being ready, cooked on the barrel of a gun. It smells so good, it <laughs> smells ready. Is it ready yet? And they're like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Frank, Frank Castle's tonight, cooking, yeah, but tonight, man. that mm, that that tasty, tasty goodness is coming out of the oven, uh, and it is good for us. And it is the Punisher on Netflix gets mm-hmm. launched. This or tomorrow morning, I guess I should say. Yeah, about four um, hours here. Yeah, about four, four or five hours here. But yeah, dude, it is coming uh, with a vengeance. Um, the trailers have been uh, Oof, slow. The trailers have been hard hitting. They've been they're that not beautiful holding back. rendition of Metallica's one. Yeah, dude, they're not holding back on this character, man. I mean, this is going to be oh, a yeah. Frank Castle that, and quite honestly, the movies have not captured correctly. Uh, you know, oh, the, of course the, the Thomas Jane Punisher I enjoyed. I, I thought it was okay. I, I didn't think it was, it was terrible. Inter- I mean, it was a it was a swing and an entertainment movie. I mean, and honestly, looking it, for it a home run, tr- you gave me a good double. It's kind it of wasn't what you gave try- I felt like it even wasn't really trying to set up anything bigger than itself. No, nope, nope. like it was just trying to tell a condensed story, yeah. and I think it did that okay. There was a, there was a series of missteps in that movie. We all can watch that, and that's fine. 
but here's the deal. It had and nothing to do with John Travolta's hairline, did it? Th- no, not at all. Why would it have anything to do with, <laughs> his, with that his hairline? Moving, his moving hairline throughout the course of that movie. <laughs> Jiminy Christmas. That sometimes it's up just, here, sometimes it's down here, sometimes <laughs> it's over here. <laughs> your, your hairline starts in the middle of your brow or in the center of your, your skull. Like it's, it's one of the two, and we can't figure it out. Yeah. What I did really enjoy and what told me that there was so much promise in the Punisher character um, was the fan made uh, fan made short that came oh, out yeah. got years ago now but with Thomas Jane, right? It was still with Thomas Jane. Yeah. And Thomas Jane is hanging out, walking down the street or he's getting he gets jumped by a by a by a, a group of, of thugs or whatever it was. Some right? do wells. Some ne'er-do-wells, right? And so he um, kind of springs into action with the empty Jack bottle. And uh, what I love about that is, one, the realism of getting hit with a bottle um, is that it never shatters uh, no. when it hits you. I don't no. know if you've ever been hit with a bottle. Um, also, if you're getting hit with a bottle on a regular basis, you may want to rethink uh, just your whole plan of well, life. Well, there. Ryan, just, you, you and I have done our fair share of, you know, knocking bottles over, over noggins. I mean, we, we, <laughs> we know how to clean up a bar. <laughs> We've gone in and had to settle a few scores. If you know what I mean? It, but, it, yeah. A bottle hitting a head <laughs> anyway. makes a really nice thunk sound. Yeah. It makes, it makes a real good thunk kind of when two heads come together, uh, in a very quiet room, That's it right. makes that kind of, Makes that kind of sound. It's yeah. like conk and noggins kind of sound. So, but it makes a very hard thunk sound. It doesn't really do anything, but that short, um, he just knocks around these dudes with this bottle and it's just brutal. And it's like, this is it's the Punisher. It kind of opened that, it opened that picture of like, this is what the Punisher can, can do. This is who the Punisher is. And we never got that fulfilled. It was just kind of like, that was its own thing. There was a sequel to the Punisher. Was it even a sequel? It was the Punisher uh, War, War Zone, right? I think it was a sequel in spirit or something. It, it was. It is rubbish. It yeah, is it not, rubbish. Yeah. It, it was, so, on, it was I mean, on, yeah, it was on Showtime the other night. Yeah, I, I tried it, to watch it, dude. I, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. I, I was, yeah. it, it it's awful. Just like, so, again, it, it's like the Green Lantern movie. It's like, did, did anyone pick up a copy of the Punisher? I mean, <laughs> at all. Just yeah, someone you can get an old read it. back issue that's falling apart for like a quarter. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. Um, so you had, uh, anyway, so you had, you have that you have, and the, but the, the sad thing, part of the bad thing, I'm sorry, the, the, the sad part about the Punisher war zone, um, is that the movie itself was, was absolutely hysterically bad. He looked but good. That comic book is one of the one of the coolest and greatest oh, yeah. Punisher, Punisher stories, yeah, um, that Absolutely. I've ever read. And I read that as a kid. Um, I remember picking that one up and just like opening up those first few pages when he puts the ice. They, they do it in the movie too, and I really like that scene because that's one of the scenes that's like burned into my memories as a kid. Was the Punisher had that guy hanging from his from his legs, hanging from his ankles, and he was and he had a blowtorch and he showed the blowtorch to him and he goes this is how i'm going to get you to talk right and so he um he takes a blowtorch and he's got a piece of steak right next to him and he and he starts blasting the piece of steak and he goes you're not going to feel a thing you're just going to start smelling it 
And so he's blasting this piece of steak and the dude starts freaking out because he can smell the burning meat. And he's just like, oh my God, I can't, oh no. And then he goes, and then it feels like an icy touch. And he grabs a popsicle and he sticks it into the back of the guy's, you know, right into his back. Dude instantly flips, right? Rolls on everybody. This is who's involved. I don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. And he like turns him around and he stuffs the popsicle in his mouth. Yeah. And like, that's the whole scene. And I, they do that in the Thomas Jane movie, which I loved. I was, I was like, dude, this is the scene. Um, but they stole that. I mean, they did steal it, but they took that from Canon. They took it from the Punisher. Uh, I think that was in Punisher war zone. And it was just those movements of that was just so good about the Punisher. Well, yeah, because it, it demonstrated yeah. that the Punisher, I mean, for those who, who may aren't super familiar with the Punisher, he, he's not just a guy who picks up guns and then just starts like blasting his way through. I mean, that's, that's some of the, the iconography that you get of the Punisher is, you know, he's holding two M 16s and he's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, he doesn't just, you know, he's, he's not, <laughs> He's not Batman, okay? I mean, he's got a very different ethical, you know, view. Of, no, he of doesn't things. mind killing you. No, but but he isn't just going to indiscriminately do it either. Uh, you know, if you're just some lowly informant, you're really not even worth the bullets. You know, so yeah, it, yeah. I, I he'll agree. Get with what you. he needs from you. Mm-hmm. That's what I like, kind of like about it. He well, gets what he needs from you, and if he needs to kill you, he'll he'll get that from you. Well, in in, in Daredevil season two, I mean, just you know, immediately falling in love with with John Bernthal's interpretation of Frank Castle, uh, he is still far and away. And even though Daredevil season two is really good, it, it's it's the Punisher story arc through there is what really keeps you just coming back and the Punisher oh, yeah. really kind of disappears for almost like the last, you know, three or four episodes of the show. Uh, he gets away and he shows up in the season finale, helps out uh, daredevil from afar. He's capping ninjas with a sniper rifle and oh man, he, he does the full, you know, the, the skull, um, he's embraced that look. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man, we're dude. I, I am super excited for this. I, I really am. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I don't want to get to the point where I'm just like, and then I turn it on and I get Iron Fist or I get Luke Cage. I, I don't feel like that is going to happen with this character. But that's character. not John Bernthal either. No. Like, that's and, not him. So, I mean, you have to trust. We didn't know what we would get. I think that was part of the issue is that we wouldn't really, we didn't really know what we would get with both of the actors from Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Like we didn't really have like a good grasp. Well, we did what we did with Iron Fist because he was in game of Thrones and the character. Yeah. Finn Jones, the character he played in game of Thrones, he was really, really good. And I, and I don't know what happened between game of Thrones and Iron Fist. And, and I don't, I don't lay it all at the feet of, well, Finn Jones, you're a bad actor. Uh, You're only, you're only going to be as good as the direction that you're, you're getting. And so hopefully, you know, Iron Fist can course correct for season two. They course corrected him very well in Defenders. Very, yeah, very sure. well in Defenders. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, you and I both, man, dude, we have been, you know, counting the days, you know, basically oh, for two Netflix shows, Stranger Things and and The Punisher. 
Dude, this is one. I don't know if I'm going to savor the flavor, man. I, I may go on a Blitzkrieg through it and then watch it again. Uh, I'm, I'm a Punisher. machine gun right through it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm a Punisher fan. You know, that, that was one of the Marvel books that I read for a, a long, long time. Was Oh, yeah. Was for the sure, Punisher. I, I read, I've read a, my fair share of Punisher books. In fact, that was one of the first, I think, comic books that my parents decided that I was not to read. I still I even have a Punisher wallet that I use. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Um, which, you know, whatever. But, uh, but I, I, man, John Bernthal, I don't think can let us down very much. I think there, we saw enough, we saw enough of the character in season two of Daredevil to really, uh, and c- to continue to understand, uh, what this character can bring. And so I, I can't, unless they uh, have just gone in a 180 degree direction with it, that's the only way they can kind of screw it up because they've already laid the groundwork for it and they've done a great job at it. So I don't, yeah. I can't imagine that they would totally, you know, throw it at the wall, but and, you know, who if, knows, but I do not expect that would happen. And if you're worried, reasonable can I, can I encourage you to go back daredevil season two? Um, I, I forget the exact episode title. I'll let you guys do a little bit of homework on that. The cemetery scene between Frank Castle and Matt Murdock. And oh, yeah. if, if you don't walk away from that going, John Barenthal is Frank Castle, uh, then could I encourage you go pick up some Punisher? Gra- well, pick up some Punisher graphic novels anyway. Punisher is a great character, but pick some up and get to know that character. Uh, you know, great line from Daredevil. You're one bad day away from being me. Uh, oh yeah you know fantastic uh i don't think we're going to see any daredevil uh in punisher this time around i mean especially i mean if the timeline is either post defenders um or pre-defenders i don't don't think that's been established obviously we'll find out here when we start watching the show but we are seeing a ton of we i mean we see a ton of flashbacks um this we, could yeah, we, be we could the story up to me i mean ah, but that's the thing we wouldn't we we've kind of seen before punisher punisher you know what i mean like he was doing the vigilante thing a little bit but he yeah. wasn't identifying himself as that person until the very after end. yeah until after well, uh, the media the, the media dubbed him the punisher and well he, yeah yeah, yeah. But, and you know and he was like no i'm frank castle but then yeah at the end he's like yeah i'm the punisher <laughs> you know you yeah, guys yeah, yeah. you guys want the punisher i'm the punisher so yeah. we're gonna be able to see the growth we're gonna be able to see his character uh from beginning to caught up i think and because we never saw him in the defenders we didn't i mean we wanted to only uh, because could they, they could have used to him. see they could have used him a great couple to times see him. oh man oh they yeah used for sure. him a couple times i mean defenders was fun but thank goodness it went eight hours man i i don't know if that could have well held done up to 13 on episodes keeping the cap. yeah man well done on keeping the cap on that show <sighs> yeah speaking okay. of which yeah um what else you got the, before we move to print yeah there's a few things um I did. Uh, we kind of talked about it. We stabbed at it last time. I have finished Stranger Things two. Uh, I finished it last weekend, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't even. It's just. It's. I know we could talk about that for another hour in its own. But good lord, what a fantastic television show from top to bottom. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of that show. Um, this this especially this season um i really did i <laughs> man um it took me a minute you know admittedly it took me a while to turn it on uh but once <laughs> i did i finished it and i think yeah. in about two days um because i didn't want to stop watching it i just soaked it up it was so good uh, yeah a lot of big heavy movements in it and whew, so good 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think in my in my opinion, I said this on the last show. I, I think it's very quickly becoming uh, one of the all time greatest uh, TV shows. I, I I really believe that there, there were, <clears throat> and, and being very late to the game <laughs> with, with Stranger Things. I mean, almost you know eight months after it debuted, it's like, oh well, yeah, I guess I'll start watching it. I, I would say you know I, I, I'm echoing what you say. Um, I, really, there's there's very few complaints um about the show uh i i felt the one where 11 takes her little field trip to chicago i understand the reason behind it i felt it dragged on a little too much clearly a setup for season three sure. uh, which is which is okay which is okay i mean it's uh you know stuff like that is going to happen uh but just everyone in this show is so expertly cast and i've said it before being a, a child of the 80s, born in 73, but my significant years took place in the, oh, yeah. in the 80s. Every, everything uh, about that decade, the Duffer brothers, just they, they nail. They, they, get it, they get it perfectly from hairstyles to vernacular to verbiage to the cars to the carpet to the posters on the wall, the commercials on the TV. Yeah. All the familiar themes from 80s movies with the somewhat clueless parents. I mean, all this stuff is happening in Hawkins, but yet mom and dad don't have any idea what's going on. You know, <laughs> I love it. I love that trope. I think that was, I mean, I remember texting you about it. Just like they get that, that parent, right? Like from the mm. 80s movies and 80s oh, shows yeah, where it's just like, do you know where our kids are? We don't even know where our kids no, are. Like, you know, yeah. but they're around here somewhere and they'll come, they'll come home when the street lights turn on, you know, it's, it's that and i remember uh seeing a bunch of people complain about it uh online and it was really funny because of the age of people who complained about the show um did not grow up in this time frame nope. and it was it's so unrealistic we would you never stay out and be staying out that late and it's oh, like i beg to differ we did you, yeah exactly you exactly because it, there was no device to come home to you hung out with your friends you didn't text them you went to see them and yeah you we hung had out with we them. had real friends not facebook friends <laughs> Yeah, like you didn't, I mean, and that's, that's a cultural shift, man. It's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we, anyway, I could go on, but you know, millennials aren't even, aren't even getting driver's license anymore because they don't need to go anywhere. Um, There's no need to escape because you're escaping on your device. You're not, I don't have to go anywhere. I couldn't wait to get my license. Um, Well, I drove drove everywhere and then bikes before that was my mode of transportation everywhere. My my mom would ask me if I was still in the house on a Saturday morning at 1030. It's like, what are you still doing inside? Yeah. What are you still doing here? So, I I mean, there's so many wonderful things about that show. And I believe you're right, man. I think it's it is going to be it is up there against Breaking Bad. It is up there, you know, against some of the best TV shows, best dramas that we've seen in years. And uh, I'm excited for season three. I'm excited for the, what they continue to do, the theming that they do. Um, Just expertly course, cast. Uh, expertly so cast. Expert, yeah, expertly cast. Wonderful. Ta- yeah, cast. I mean, it's, it's a perfect example of, of finding the right people to fill the right role. Yeah. And they, they've done it, you know, very well. Uh, sad to see Bob go in episode. Oh, dude. Episode, I man. episode eight. It was a tough one. I couldn't. Bye, Bob. I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. That it was, was tough, rough. man. That was rough. Did you catch? The I watched. I think I watched because I paused. I watched up to episode five, up to episode six, 
I like binged almost all the way through like to episode six and it was like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, all right, I got to go to bed. <laughs> and so yeah. next couple of days I caught back up with it. And it like, I felt like as soon as I turned on from episode six to episode nine, the end of episode nine, I felt like I watched the entire thing through like watery eyes oh, because yeah, I'm just man. like every moment. It's just those wonderful things I've always talked about in television shows. That's why everybody loves season one and two is because season ones and season twos are typically so full of every moment. They don't waste any moments. There's not like this waste of, of shot. There's no filler time. It's, it's all content. It's rich. It's all, it's and all it's go time. Dude, it is all go because every single first and second season are just scraping for scraping for ratings because so they don't want to make sure they want to make sure you don't miss a thing, right? Everything's good in there. And it's like it's just that way where it's just every moment's just this nice little spoonful of delicious, delicious, good, good stuff. Well, yeah. And so, yeah, man. man. Um, last thing I do want to mention before we talk about our our uh, meat of the show tonight, um, the uh i watched um i think it was on hbo uh and i i was flipping through and i finally saw the movie split and i had not seen that movie uh up until now and i've been wanting to because i really enjoyed uh the previews for it i thought it looked man it looked crazy and it was just like looked real threatening and i just i didn't keep up with the the lore about it i just kind of was just like man i have not i have not seen this movie i know it's by m night i know you know, he hasn't been around since, you know, Unbreakable and, and. Oh, no, he's done a lot of stuff since Unbreakable. Well, he has been, but he, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's like all those like movies that came out within a few years of each other that he did. And then he kind of dropped off the map after what Lady in the Water, I think it was. And, no, and he did, didn't uh, really hear much from him. He did. Lady, I didn't hear much. Well, he did from Lady him. in the Water. Then he did The Happening. He did The Last Airbender. Again, yeah, right. Um, he did After Earth. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a whole there's a there's a whole um, conspiracy theory with that that the reason why M Night Shyamalan did such crappy movies is because he couldn't get out of these contracts with his studios. That's and, a possibility. Yeah, so he, so he produced <laughs> Shite, and um, then along comes Split. He's gets right. he gets the budget that he wants. He gets the actors that he wants, and now all of a sudden we're telling great stories again. So so there's probably Split some was fan. Yeah. yeah, Split was fantastic. Watched the whole way through, and Did of course, right at the very, yeah, very yeah. That's the hey man, I'm getting there. Come down, dude. Everyone knows there. about this, man. <laughs> Didn't you know so, about this? I did not. <laughs> I did not know about oh my it. God, until I, I was just cursed again on our PG thirteen <laughs> or PG. I, show. I did not watch it. I did not know about it until oh, man, I heard dude. it was rumored. That's oh, the only no, thing I dude, heard this, was that was like was the rumored, first and then, spoiler that came out. Dude, there was like a whole backlash, dude. That spoiler came out like a day after that movie was in the theaters. I remember people getting upset over the the spoiler. Yeah, so I, I mean, I I heard rumors, but I heard yeah. it was like I heard it was like this like kind of offhanded thing. Like it wasn't done like a big deal, and of course, like right at the end of movie split, Bruce Willis shows up. Yeah. Right. And he immediately talks about Mr. Glass. Mm -hmm. And so at that moment, you realize that unbreakable was linked to split. And then now hit my microphone. And now, uh, there's actually been some, uh, I think most recently it was today or yesterday. Some of the pictures actually got published from, uh, glass and it shows, uh, McAvoy and Willis starting to go at it. So, 
Um, yeah, it's a that shared universe, production. Man. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's in production now. I think it's going to be cool. I really like, I, again, like I was Dude, just, I love you, man. You had no idea this was even going on, man. For whatever reason, wow. it totally missed my radar. Dude, like, every, dude, and you're the guy who's on Reddit, like, you know, frequently. <laughs> dude, yeah, this it, was like, this was, dude. It, it was out. I don't know. This is why I didn't go see it in the theater because like the spoiler hit, dude, it's, it's, it was ridiculous how it was handled. Cause you know, I saw the trailers for it. I'm like, you know, that looks pretty good. And then, like, a couple days after, you know, I see these headlines. It's like, you know, split, you know, in the M. Night Shyamalan shared universe. I'm like, what? And I click on that. It's like, oh, yeah, the link with Unbreakable. And I'm like, oh, you jerk faces. I mean, you just like. Yeah, why would you spoil that? Like, yeah, right it's like within, th- like, the first three sentences of the story. And you're just like, okay, well, I guess I'll wait to catch this on HBO or rent it when it gets home. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, obviously a, a storyline that has comic book roots and, and Unbreakable. Um, yeah, it was very cool. I really enjoyed Break Unbreakable um, for what it was. And I loved all those comic book, of course, all the comic book references and oh, yeah. the story of comics and the story of superheroes, of course, appeals yeah. to, to mythology. me. And, uh, yeah, one of the mythology behind all that. And, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, loved, dude. Yeah, dude, I love seeing Bruce Willis at the end of it. I thought that was really, I was like, dude, what? That's awesome, you know? Um, and of course, I, I guess I got the purest moment of it. Which yeah, you was, did, man. I didn't, I'm I jealous. Didn't, uh, I'm jealous. I, I wish I could have had that. because I, I It wasn't I spoiled for it. me. I only heard rumors again, and I was like looking for clues the entire movie. I'm like, okay, here this is like supposed to be tied to it, no, but it's not like no, super obvious. And it's like, no, end. it's directly, it's, it is a direct movie in the Excuse trilogy. Me. So yeah, <laughs> like it couldn't be more tied. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm jealous, the, dude, that you got that pure moment because it was, it was stolen from me. It was I'm sorry, man. but it was good though. I, and the it split was crazy anyway. It, it was good. an yeah. insane movie and it was really good. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, uh, that's, that's all I kind of want to talk about before we talked about, uh, dark nights. Yeah, man, dude, I know we, we keep, you know, hitting on dark nights here, uh, the last couple of weeks because it is, it's a storyline we're talking about, you know, today, uh, we had two big titles released. Well, actually one big title was released. Uh, the other one came, uh, last week we had, uh, Probably the one series and or one book in this series I was looking to looking forward to the most, and that was Batman Who Laughs. Oh man! Oh yeah! You know we've had uh, Batman Red Death, we've had Batman Murder Machine, Batman Devastator, uh, Batman Dawnbreaker. Who was the Batman Wonder Woman? It was um, man, just names escaping me essentially it's these dark merciless merciless thank you uh and then we had dark uh batman uh uh the drowned and it's essentially these dark multiverse batman uh who have killed the respective hero uh most of it seems to be taking place on earth 22 some takes place on earth 11 where you know batman gets uh, bruce wayne gets the power ring uh, he steals the speed force from the flash, uh, steals Ares helmet, uh, from Diana. But when we get to the Batman who laughs, and again, the, this isn't a storyline, you know, reasonable. So if you haven't been keeping up with it, that doesn't, it eventually makes its way to earth zero, but it doesn't start in earth zero. You've got the multiverse of DC. And then underneath that, use a stranger things reference. You kind of got this upside down. It's called the dark multiverse. And every fear that, that, that we have create something uh, nasty, create something evil uh, in the dark multiverse. And in the Batman who laughs, 
we find out what happens on Earth 22 when Batman essentially kills the Joker. He, he's had enough. And he kills the Joker. The Joker yeah. goes on a, on a murder spree in Gotham, uh, poisons some kids, basically to kind of turns cr- them into these like uh, just uh, ravaging just zombie kids. Yeah, essentially. just kind of have a taste for for flesh. And Batman kills this Joker, and I, you know I don't want to spoil too much story um, in in terms of how it happens. <laughs> I guess we could, well, I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. I don't, I don't really want to spoil it in case people are reading it and they haven't gotten to it yet, but if you've, if you're still reading it and you haven't gotten to it, I mean, yeah. it's, it's obvious at this point of that. He obviously kills the Joker. I mean, yeah, that's and, not and, really and you, a surprise. And you can look there. at the Batman who laughs and say, well, that's but a combination the, of the Joker and Batman. I mean, we're not right, spoiling so there's, there's that something yet. that happens there, but the steps that they take with the pacing Ugh. of each frame of that, of those first few pages until they get to that moment is intense. I mean, I'm, I'm just, my stomach's in knots as I'm, as I'm flipping through. Like I just, it's just every step of the way. And I love, and I I have this app that reads this coughing while you're talking. I'm sorry. As I'm, as I'm reading through, uh, and as I'm reading through it, I have, I were, I had to do these digitally. And uh, with this particular app, it does a um, it kind of does a smart zoom where it kind of just walks you through the 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 actual um, uh, speech bubbles and like storyteller parts of it, and then it zooms out on the page. And so, what's wonderful is like it focused in on every step of the of the spoken word storyline, and then it zoomed out into this page, and it's like I just got to see every step, and then it just kind of boom, like it hits, and it was. I just, it, it blew me away. It honestly did. Like it just, it, it was so well done. And this is the one we know that uh, I know I've been waiting for. I know you've been waiting for it. I'm sure everybody's been waiting for this book and it delivers so well that it's hard for me to think about metal four and about the, the wild hunt. And because there's two more, at least I know there's two more coming. I don't know if they're the last two, but I know there's two more coming. What was said about, you know, the, 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 the ferocity, I guess I should say about this particular one is that definitely it's not for the, for the, for the weak hearted (laughs) to read this. Um, It is, it is strong uh, when it, when it, as it approaches the, the, the psych, this, the psycho, (laughs) the psychotic, um, joker right i mean that's that's who the joker is he's psychotic he's manipulative um you don't really kind of see some of the turns coming and and the the violence that's in it represents everything about the joker that that he is and he you know and especially on this earth 22 that is just anyway it's in its depths anyway so it's uh the worst place it's the best place for the joker to be to 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 be able to be this psychotic and this crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, with it taking place on, on earth 22, uh, and then essentially what, what happens with these dark nights is the various earths they come that they originate from, uh, Barbatos takes them, uh, from those earths, brings them through the dark multiverse into the multiverse to earth zero. So in case you're wondering how they end up, it's like, well, wait a minute, how can Batman kill like Superman? And then there's a Batman and a Superman 
again, you're dealing with a dark multiverse that this demon god type creature uh, is pulling these dark knights, these Batman, these nightmare versions of Batman into the regular multiverse. You know, I've got, you know, I went and bought the uh, the fancy metal cover. You want to see it? Oh, yeah, man. Let me take a look at that. Yeah, let me move back. Dude, post that up, man. That looks awesome. See if John can take a picture of that and put it on our Twitter. See if I can do that for you guys. Um, yeah, so I've got the text right here in front of me. Let's examine the text. So I'm looking in the <laughs> in the, the text, and there, there's two things, guys. And when we talk about like how heavy this book is, um, it's a heavy book. It comes in weighing at about a pound. Just kidding. It's not a heavy book. You've been here all week. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of dark Batman stories throughout you know, his history. Oh, yeah. There, were, there was something just about this one that really, man, it, it just, I, I got to say, man, you know, I, I wrote you a text the other day. It's like, you know, we're, we're enjoying a lot of different books right now in print, but right now, DC, between the Oz Effect, between uh, Dark Knights, uh, between Wonder Woman's solo book, man, dude, they're just doing some amazing writing. Right now, there is just a lot of care going into telling compelling and emotional stories that when you put these books down, you can genuinely say comic books are art. They're art. Yeah, absolutely. And as I'm, as I'm sitting here and, I, and I'm looking at this book and I've got it open here, I'm trying not to bang around on microphones and whatnot. <laughs> when... Again, not not to not to spoil any storyline because we understand that many of you guys are a little bit behind. Some of you are are right on track, but this Batman who laughs essentially is someone who has the psychotic nature of the Joker, but with the incredible willpower and control of Batman. Right. And, and that's, I love how that's brought up. Yeah. And of course it's brought up in the most, ugh, I just get, ugh. anyway, I don't want to give anything away. And on what, what this Batman does, uh, to the bat family is grotesque. What he does to the justice league. I'm looking at the panel right here where, mm-hmm. yep. man, I don't know what he's done to some of them. Um, he, he's got Kal-El trapped underneath artificial red sun. And uh, he's bleeding from his eyes. He's bleeding out of his skin. Because uh, we know that, you know, um, on Krypton, a red sun is like our yellow sun. But he's not used to it. And so it's going to interfere with his abilities and, and it, can, it can hurt him. Maybe not necessarily kill him, but it's going to torture him hard. Make him, make him hurt. Right. Make him feel a lot of pain. And this Batman says on the, on the, on the panel here, um, he says uh, the, the Batman says to Superman and talk, talks about like all the weapons that, are, that they've brought on the watchtower all this alien technology that Superman yeah. wanted destroyed but Batman said we should keep we should study it we all know that Batman even on Earth Zero has ulterior motives with those weapons oh yeah for sure uh, Batman will never fully trust a metahuman he just won't uh, but Superman asked, asked me, he says, but why have you done this? Um, we're not, I'm not on it. These pages aren't numbered, but uh, he says, but why, uh, Superman asked Batman, why have you done this? He says, the same reason because I want to, because I don't have to hold back anymore. 
says, hell, I'm disappointed I only get to do this once. Do you realize how many ways I know how to kill you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's, uh, and then we're not going to, I'm not going to explain how um, the Batman who laughs kills Superman and John, Jonathan Clark and Lois. Um, we'll let you guys read that. We'll come back next week and talk a little bit more about it. But wow, uh, Ryan, I got to say, dude, when I put this book down, uh, my, my first impressions were this is we're, we're seeing uh, a side of Batman storytelling that I don't think we have ever ever seen before and i am amazed at the meticulous nature that this storyline has been handled with yeah literally reasonable literally going all the way back to the start of the new 52 and the introduction of the court of owls yeah all the way back we're still getting references to court of owls and i love it and then we go from batman who laughs to Batman, the lost. And I got to tell you, Ryan, that, you know, that was a gut wrenching book to read. It was heart wrenching. And I, I got to say, man, I, I give these DC writers such amazing credit. And, and this is something that I think Marvel has, has failed to do up until now is make us emotionally care about what yeah. happens to these heroes. Because even though Kal-El is Kryptonian, he still has emotions and he's tied to his family. Even though Diana is the uh, you know, Amazonian goddess, she still has emotions and she's, and she's invested in people in her life. And when yeah. they hurt, she hurts. And we saw it in the Oz effect when it's revealed that Mr. Oz is Jor-El, he's, he's being a puppet of, uh, obviously, Dr. Manhattan, is using him as a tool. And we get to the point where we think Kal-El is going to somehow redeem his father and Manhattan pulls him away at the very yeah. last second. Yeah, at the very end, yeah. And, and Cal is just left with his hands out, just like, you know, Dad! Dad! And he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. And when I finished Oz Effect, Ryan, I was like, woof. That, that, that storyline started out a little cold, was not super impressed. But by the time it was done, I, was, I said, well done. Well done. Yeah. Great well, I remember story us talking line. about it. Yeah. And I, when, I, when I finally read the last, uh, this one and the last one, and it was revealed you know, that this Oz character and who it was was his dad. I remember that you were like, I think it was like, it was issue two. It was the second, it was part two. And you're like, ah, it's not his dad. There's no way. Yeah. That's dumb. Sloppy. Um, sloppy. And so I said it was sloppy. It, as I was, as I've been reading that book, as I've been reading the series, I've been kind of, that's been in the back of my head where I'm like, man, if it is, man, it could be kind of corny. And then it kind of turned into, yeah, turns out that's yeah. his papa. Yeah. That's, that's, that's daddy. That's, that's, that's Jor-El. Papa Jor-El. Yeah. But now, which I, when which I was Jor-El, we're, we're well, not, we're not entirely sure just yet, which Jor-El. But it is sure. his dad. That is for sure. Right. So when it turned out to be Jor-El, the actual Jor-El, um, 
I was uh, I, I read it and I was like, man, I guess I don't know how John's feeling about this, but I love it. Oh, <laughs> I am. I, I am in. So I'm glad to see that. Yeah, I'm glad to see that you, you turned around on it because oh. it was handled well. It was it wasn't like it was handled slime. It was handled super well. It, it felt like a it felt like a bait and switch, you know, because I mean, the, the lead up to Mr. Oz, you know, it's like, dude, this is Ozymandias. Who else could this possibly be? Right. Right. right yeah. This is Ozymandias. Nope. It wasn't. <laughs> nope. Okay. So, yeah. you know, so that the pull that, at the end was great. I think fantastic. that was so well done. You guys, yeah. you, you can still get Wonderful. this book, you know, um, plenty of copies in print um, or, or digitally. Uh, if you don't read a lot of Superman, uh, can we encourage you, though, to at least pick up Oz Effect? Uh, it's five parts. It all happens in, in action comics. You don't need to go grab, you know, some obscure title here and some obscure title there. Boom. One, one through five. All, all in action comics. I uh, think you're going to like it. Uh, back to Dark Knights and, and Batman Lost. I mean, to literally read, you know, finish Batman Who Laughs, bag that back up, and then take out Batman Lost. I'm like, whoa, man, talk about just a one-two sucker punch to your gut yeah. oh, of, man. of storytelling. Yeah, very heavy reading. And in Batman Lost, again, we don't want to spoil a lot of story here, but, you know, Ryan, we were seeing a Batman for the first time who is terrified he's terrified and you know certainly you know he he had his fears and anxiety concerning bane yeah. Where we go all the way back to the nightfall um probably the the one villain uh batman rogue they can still inspire a little intimidation on batman's part is bane but yet here we see batman not as batman but as bruce wayne yeah. terrified and he is shown the re how essentially he got to be batman and man there's just all sorts of like mythological themes and religious themes that are being played out and you it's just like man dude all good science fiction has its roots in religion and you just you see these like concepts of free will and predestination yeah. and you know i chose you from the very beginning to be my yeah. vessel to bring wrath and i knew that for every fear that you had that it was going to create something nasty and something awful and so speaking of barbatos this demon that i was going to use to manipulate you and to right. bring to you. Um, dude, I got to say, man, during the whole, and, and this is what I'm going to read again, because I was just going from like page to page. I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh my, it's literally just page after page. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. We see a Batman who is, I would say, not just at his physical end, but his mental and spiritual end. Yeah. Given up. Well, we see Surrender. the Batman that has gone through. This is this is where Batman is. This is where he's he is lost, and he's lost in this timeline. And he doesn't. It's it's he's living almost this like fourth and fifth dimensionally. Yeah, like yeah, that's he, where that's how Batman is kind of living right now. He's he's jumping through. I guess it would be fifth dimensionally. Um, yeah. that the where he's living because he's not only jumping through. Uh, time he's jumping through the parallel universes of time so Correct. it's not just yeah it's not just uh 
it's not just him like cycling back and forth through his own universe or his own kind of multiverse of options or his options in his universe. It's the multiverse. He's jumping through the multiple options that he could have taken if he wanted to. So fifth dimensionally is a, is, is super awesome to think that, um, this, this Barbados character has locked him in this, just cycle of being an old man and reading a reading a story to his granddaughter all the way to to year zero essentially mm-hmm. um fighting in this like neanderthal war um back and forth and and, and it's just like and 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 beyond that into a different multiverses of failure and he keeps breaking his spirit over and over and over again telling him that you're yeah essentially i'm echoing everything you said but it's just i'm i'm breaking you and i planned it this way don't you you need to understand it that i've that i've built you to do this and he you you don't have another option here and he keeps finding himself um like in the place of of thomas wayne not thomas wayne his father but a a earlier thomas wayne from sort of a colonial era uh, in U.S. history, where you find out that, and it could be just Barbatos's uh, manipulations, but you find out that the Waynes weren't always super legit when it came to things that they would do. It was like cult things. And things yeah, and, the Court of yeah. Owls have been around like forever. And there's going again. So I got the I got the shiny metal cover of this one too. Ooh. Okay, very cool. I like the I like the Batman Who Laughs cover a little bit better, but uh, going to the text, let's go back to the text. Uh, very cool moment. Again, reasonable. It's really hard to kind of talk about this story without giving away story. Um, that's why we want to give you maybe another week before we start really kind of unpacking a lot of this because we've been encouraging you to read it and we don't want to spoil. But it is about halfway through, Ryan. I don't know if you're looking at yours, uh, where you know Bruce Damn. is kind of running out into the street. It looks like it's about uh, 1800s era Gotham City. Like early, no, it was like 1900s. Yeah. Early 1900s, and uh, he stopped by a couple of of cops, and <clears throat> they're referring to him as uh, I think Arthur Wayne. Alan. Alan Wayne. Thank you. Yep, there it is. Alan Wayne. He's like, no, no, no. I'm Bruce Wayne, the god Barbatos. And then he gets a vision where one of the cops becomes Diana, uh, Wonder Woman. And it's interesting that I, I want to, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to explore why he sees Wonder Woman in this. And what, what's the attachment there? And what role is yeah. she going to play uh, in redeeming Batman? I th- because we, we really haven't seen her play much of a role as of yet. Uh, we've seen Superman f- literally fly into the multiverse, leaving the Flash behind, saying, I've got to go. I need to go save Bruce. And Superman is on his own, like flying directly into the dark multiverse on his yeah. own. Uh, good luck, Cal. good luck, Cal. Right? I mean, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. 
we know he survives well, yeah. because we have doomsday clock coming so we know he doesn't die ryan <laughs> yeah, yeah but he gets trapped by barbados and and, yeah. and 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 used as a battery yeah to continue to 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 power this whole evil so thing I, and if we remember back i mean obviously wonder woman plays a big part of this because she had the sword correct uh, correct that, so is that, she uh, that he took so i wonder is is she potentially his link back to because he keeps referring to he's got to get to the window he's got to find the window he's got to find the window is she just the link uh for that i don't know i I just find that very interesting uh i i would say that under the rebirth label uh dc has done a really really great job of building the relationship of bruce wayne and diana not in a romantic sense that that is not being played out here at all but the incredible admiration that these two people have for each other and what makes his betrayal and his treating of the sword that much more hurtful and that she entrusted him with this sword and he just wantonly uh treated it away uh to pursue something that he just was not you know ready for at all you know ryan great storytelling here with with batman i mean we've seen batman at in incredibly low points yeah I, this far and away i for me is just we're seeing a batman who is just undone and really seeing the consequences of his actions even though he was the good guy he's seen the consequences of maybe approaching things a little too darkly. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, he is the dark Knight, right? I mean, I know that well, sounds stupid. You know, the, I mean, the greatest detective, right? World's like, greatest detective, he, but he's not, he, he'll put himself above the law to get things done. Yep. And that's where he's been trying to live. And that's, and that's why, you know, we, we think about how this whole thing got started in the first place was that exact idea of one trapping the Joker uh, when he should not have been, and then holding all this technology that he's been working with to try to solve this nth metal problem and tricking, see where this yeah. is all coming from, and, tricking and, and Green Lantern and and yeah, uh, yeah, taking advantage of the of the ring. So it's been, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where it's just he let again, you know, we talked about this last week, but he let himself just get into the, the get into a situation where instead of saying I screwed up and I need help out of this because I'm opening up a doorway that's going to destroy us. Instead, he goes, I can fix it. I got yeah. it. You know, the Iron Man syndrome is kind of the idea here. The, the, I, I can fix it. I can do it. Let me do it. And just like, you know, just like Tony Stark gets in his own way, <laughs> destroys everything in the process and makes a bigger mess that more people are going to have to try to clean up after the fact, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the same thing that we saw. Then we're seeing, right here again and it's it's a wonderful story to tell honestly i love that you know it's classic storybook it's classic comic book writing and storytelling writing but it's just it's still the way it's being presented is so fresh and so in just awesome like i just i, I can't get enough of it it's well, so good you know and rebirth is is you know painted a little bit of a picture of batman and his relationship to the justice league really is a very one-sided thing. Now, I, I just referenced that him and Diana yeah. have, have started to have a, a, a deeper connection, but I'm talking about the Justice League as a whole, not his relationship right. with individual members. Um, he, uh, whoa, did I just lose you? No. Okay, that was weird. You just went like, boop, 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 and then now you're back. Yeah, I saw it too. It's okay. Um, 
that uh, throughout the course of, of Rebirth, he has had a very one-sided relationship with the Justice League. Basically, when I need you, I will come get you. Right, if I yeah. don't need you, stay away. And especially in the Batman solo book, uh, when Rebirth first started during the I Am Gotham storyline, where Batman is going up against two very potent, very strong uh, foes, Alfred asked, do I place the call? And yep. Batman just says one word, no. Gotham is mine. And the Justice League ends up showing up at the end to help. And he gets very irritated. Very irritated. He's very yeah. irritated with Superman. He's very irritated with Wonder Woman. He's very irritated with Green Lantern. He's like, I didn't ask you to come. And they're kind of like, yeah, well, kind of looked like you needed us. You're a little over your head. You had a guy who's got pretty close to the strength of Superman and a girl who's kind of like Wonder Woman. And you're taking them on with grenades and batarangs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> good work. Didn't look like you had the upper hand. You know, <laughs> in, in that one. And so now we're seeing as Dark Knights is, you know, just in full swing, how much they are now going out on a limb for him. And I, I have a feeling that's going to be addressed because he knows that, that he's used the Justice League pretty much more for his advantage than anything else. When it suits him, that's when he'll use the Justice League. And right. now he's seeing the sacrifices that they're going to start making to get him back. And that he helped contribute to a lot of their demise. It, it is compelling story writing. And this just isn't a crossover event just to have a crossover event uh, to get you to buy a bunch of books. You know, because there, there are several of the supplemental books, Ryan, that I, that I will probably get to eventually. But I'm not really, you know, tearing up the asphalt to get to them. But this is how it's done. This is how you write a compelling storyline that yeah. when the book is done and you set it down and you're, and you're thinking in your brain, you're like, what, what did I just read? And you're dissecting it. You're taking it apart. And it's fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. I know we've gushed over this for the last three or four episodes. Rightfully so. It is, in my opinion the best storyline in comics right now right now yeah i mean secret, secret empire was fantastic i loved yeah. it uh the new bloodshot is incredible that's for bloodshot salvation that storyline is going to be wrapping up next month that has been super great ninja k just started today i i, I think that is going to be really great but right now dark knight's yeah. metal is far and away man dude if you're a comic book reader this is where you should be because it is compelling storytelling and i'm going to be real real interested ryan as to what kind of batman we have when this is all said and done yeah is it even going to be the same batman that we know because it, he just can't go back to my, my crime fighting ways you know it'll be very interesting right it'll be very it's very interesting yeah. to see what happens here yeah we may be seeing the you know we're seeing the breaking of a bat but this time it's not over a knee <laughs> Good grief, man! All right, man. Um, dude, anything good else? Talk in, yeah, anything else in print that you wanna you wanna give a shout out to before we uh, are, you know before what? we send these kids packing? <laughs> um, you know what? I I know we uh we could probably talk another hour on print, um, but we'll save it. We'll save it for next time. We'll be hitting legacy 
Oh, um, next time, dude. I and, got I got uh, one right here that I want to talk about. You're probably going to see a reflection. Well, maybe not. You see that the new Punisher, mm. dude. This is Punisher number two eighteen under Marvel Legacy. Great place to jump in, guys. If you're like if you're like us and you're looking for a way place to jump in with Marvel, now is the time, dude. Just resets a plenty. Great storylines a plenty. But Frank Castle given the war machine armor by Colonel Nick Fury. <laughs> mm, that could cause some problems. <laughs> that could have been ill-advised. Yeah, so everyone's dead. Got it. All right. And there's a great <laughs> shot of the, of the cover uh, for issue number 219 that'll be out next month of the black war machine armor with a skull painted on the chest. It looks nice. pretty. Yeah, it looks pretty ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, dude, what were yeah, we going to say so about Legacy, Legacy man? I, I, I completely yeah. cut you off there. Is there what, what book you, without going too deep, because I'm not going to go deep in this Punisher here, but what's a Legacy book that, I know Thor, you, you jumped in on Thor, was it number 700, I think, was the, no? No. Oh, I, I haven't you, read any additional Legacy just yet. Oh, I thought you did. I thought you said last week that you'd read the start of the death of Thor, which was Thor number 700. Uh, no, I referenced it, but I oh, did not read it. Oh, okay. Okay. So you haven't, you haven't dove in on anything. Well, the yet. death of, I mean, the death of Jane, it was the death of uh, Jane Austen as Jane the female Austin, Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Jane Austen. <laughs> Hello. All right. <laughs> go, go watch uh, Played, what, Little Women or something. by Kristen Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Austen. <laughs> and a female Thor. <laughs> That's going to be a good Played one. by Kristen Stewart. Uh, It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be good. Be real mopey. <laughs> uh, but no, she was dying in Legacy. Uh, yes. That's where she yes. she was already on her. She was already dying. So that was already that was just a reference back to back to Legacy number one, essentially. Um, but yeah, like we can we'll we'll start catching up with that uh, this week, and then we can uh, as we do our we'll do our Justice League wrap up, wrap up uh, in the next I guess seven to fourteen days. Well, dude, there <laughs> you know I I got some I hit the comic store today, man, and I texted you and I said, dude, every time I walk in here, I just wish I had un, just unlimited funds. Right. I mean, just so many great books that are out there, and you know we wish we could cover uh, everything. Oh man, but we excuse me, but we certainly can't. We can certainly give our recommendations and we try to keep you guys as up to date as much as we can on, on Twitter. Uh, I, I made uh, a quick little tweet earlier today uh, about Valiant Comics and thoroughly enjoying the new Bloodshot series. Uh, it's called Bloodshot Salvation. Excellent, excellent read. That storyline is going to be wrapped up uh, next month. Uh, great relaunch to that character. Ryan, I got to tell you, man, when it comes to artwork, Right now, dude, no one is hitting it better than Valiant. I mean, they're they're telling great stories, but yeah. their artwork is through the roof. I mean, you're I'm just staring at panels. Like, how in the heck are they doing what they're doing? And you know, we have given a lot of love to Valiant. Right now, where Valiant is at is very similar to where Marvel Legacy is. It's so easy and accessible to jump into right now. Um, and that's why, you know, and I also yeah. want to recommend the new, uh, Ninja K we used to go by the name yep. Ninjack. It's now called Ninja K read the book. You'll find out why it's now Ninja K. I uh, really like what they're doing, man. I mean, for, you know, a, a company that is not as big as Marvel and DC and image, man, they just continued to produce just really great stuff. And it's always good for the comic book industry, man. When it's not just, you know, 
King Kong and Godzilla stomping around, but you've got, yeah. you know, some of these smaller publishing houses putting out some really quality stuff. It's important. You got You got to have it. That's it's yeah, that's a with Valiant. We've we've gone through Valiant. I don't know how many times before just because it's it was uh, that's I mean, that's where, you know, we found a lot of in our, in our especially when our early episodes were airing, we, we just got to discover just a little bit more out there. And we really kind of dove in on Valiant quite a bit. And it's just the storytelling there has just been absolutely fantastic bloodshot and harbinger and faith and 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 everything that kind of goes along with it so um i know uh ninjack destroys the universe is 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 a i think is a web series that they've been producing with um the green ranger um oh man i'm i'm yeah. dropping his name right now yeah, know, but the, right. essentially the green ranger <laughs> who got kicked out of the power rangers premiere by the way yeah which is really funny um <laughs> Uh, but he, anyway, so he, he played, he played a bloodshot inside of the web, inside of the web series, which, which was a lot of fun. Um, and I think they're still rolling around in the bedroom with Sony to try to figure out if they can, hmm. if they can do something with, uh, I haven't heard anything as of late. Everything's just kind of been quiet on the Western yeah, front on that one. So deep breath on that one. <laughs> yeah. We're all, we're all, we're all trying to breathe. <laughs> we're all trying to breathe. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. But, uh, but yeah, man, uh, that's kind of our world of print right now. Um, you know, man, it's just there's so much, and you're right, man. It's just like one of those. Do do I have to have a bank account, or can I just like, you know, can I work for somebody to to just read comic books? <laughs> can I just come I, in and just grab these books and like you can just let me have them? Would that be okay? Can I can I just have them yeah. now? <laughs> well, and, and, the, and the reason why I, I I say that, guys, is because you know we we certainly spend a lot of time just you know talking about two pretty crucial issues that that come from dc and we don't want you to think that we're just like camping on on dc right now time time just says we can't break open every comic book that we've read and and just start taking it apart uh if if we could we would but we're really not wanting to force you guys to listen to five-hour podcasts and Ryan, I love you, but I don't know if I could do five hours of just comic book reading <laughs> together. Just, just, we just be reading comic books at that point. It's just silent as we're just watch, reading these watch, books. Watch John and Ryan read comic books on the air. Right. <laughs> be, that, that's a hit maker right there. So, you know, as, as we get some of these big storylines, uh, you know, we, we just want to talk about them. But what I want to hear from you guys, though, uh, as we wrap up is on our Twitter feed, let us know what your favorite comic book is. What are you currently reading yeah. right now? I mean, we, we've made it no secret. We're reading dark nights. We're, we just got done with the Oz effect. I'm reading bloodshot. I'm reading EXO. I'm reading uh, star Wars, Darth Vader. Uh, Ryan is into, uh, you know, really cool stuff like chew, you know, from, from image comics. He's also reading a lot of DC as well too. He's getting caught up on a lot of Batman. Uh, Eastman and Lard's, uh, Laird's yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as well as Batman Volume 3, which is the I Am Bane series, um, and Darth Maul's uh, series instead oh, of Star Wars. Very good. Yeah, the Darth Maul series was really good. So yeah, man, we, we just, we love comic books and dark nights is just kind of where we're you know that that's the forefront yeah. and that's what we're talking about. And three weeks from now, we're going to be talking about something else. So but please let us know what's your favorite book. What are you reading right now? Because uh, we want to know. Because when I walk into the comic book store, or God forbid, I got to pick up my iPad and buy something digitally because I can't get to the comic book store. <laughs> right. <coughs> Excuse me. I'd love to know what you guys are reading because I want to try out something new. 
I don't yeah. want to just read the same stuff over and over. I love Batman. You know, I love X-Men. I love Bloodshot. I love all that stuff. But man, dude, I mean, if you come at me and say, hey, have you read title X from publishing company, you know, W? No. Uh, let me try it out. Could be good. Um, that's how I got into Black Hammer uh, from Dark Horse yeah. Comics is through a coworker. He said, hey, man, he goes, you should be reading Black Hammer from Dark Horse. I'm like, Black Hammer? Like, what the heck is that? It sounds stupid. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't say that. <laughs> Turns out. Turns out it's very, very good. Yeah. So we want to know, what are you guys reading, man? Because um, we want to share our love of what we're into, but we want to know what you guys are into as well. For sure. Well, man, what a good couple hours for, for everybody here tonight. And I know you're about to take off and go watch uh, Justice League. Um, which I'm super jealous about. I'll yes. be seeing it this weekend. Yeah, seeing uh, it uh, sure. tonight. Uh, we'll probably see it again uh, early next week. Um, Already planning a double viewing, huh? Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> it, it. I mean, let's let's you know, call it as it is. I I am a bit of a of a fanboy when it comes to DC. I'm, I'm you know, I try to stay as reasonable as I can, but. I, I like my DC. I like those characters a lot. <laughs> That's probably an understatement. I love these characters a lot. Um, this is the comic book movie I've been looking forward to all year. Spider-Man was great. Guardians was good. Thor was good. Wonder Woman was great. I got to say I'm a little nervous. A little nervous. This is a return of Zack Snyder to the DCEU. Um, love Zach. I want something consistent. <laughs> I don't want a, <laughs> I don't want a rated R movie to explain yeah. to me what was cut out of this yeah, one. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I really don't. Um, but I feel good. I, I feel really yeah. good going into this. I virtually have read not one review. I, I didn't read one review of any comic book movie before I saw it. I, I didn't want to hear what some critic who gets paid to watch movies and who, you know, thinks like the latest, you know, French film from some independent distributor in Belgium yeah. uh, is the greatest film of all time. But Wonder Woman sucks. Um, I don't want to hear from those guys. I, I will read the reviews after I see the movie. Sure. Um, but yeah. In about, about an hour, here's, I'll be, wa I'll be watching a Justice League. <laughs> With uh, all, all I will say, with some butterflies in my that. butterflies in my yeah. tum tum. There, there'll be a few. Yeah, things, uh, things are looking good. So that's I, what I, I hey, you know, I, that's all I can say about that's you. all I can I say about the that. internet right now. Well, that's in, in, you know, as much as as much well, as the internet had to say <laughs> about BVS. To let's be honest, oh. as much as the internet had to say about BVS, as much as the internet uh, had to say about Suicide Squad, Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Fair enough. Yeah. As much as they had to say about it, the internet is kind of saying things look pretty good. So, um, well, I'm, if it if it sticks with the trailers, I'm, man, if it sticks I'm with the trailers, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, Lauren, uh, you know, Lauren and I were chilling on the couch the other night, and she was just, and she asked me about that. She goes about Justice League and when we're gonna go see it. And I said, yeah. I said, you know, this weekend or early next week or something. She goes, okay. She goes, you been you kept up with the online stuff about it? And I said, you know what? Not really. I said, I've come to, ex I, I know what to expect when it comes to online criticisms of DCEU. And I'm, here's what I'm going to say. They're not unfounded. Okay. It's, no. they're not unfounded. I, I, whether they're I fair, 
it is yeah, is a go. whole other option, Thank right? You. So they're not unfounded, but I'm not saying that they're fair. So I said, and there was some, you know, at the beginning, you know, earlier this week, there was some, there was some pretty rip roaring things that people had to say about these critics that had to say about the film. What I can say is that since then, things have been on the upward swing, which is awesome because you're you're putting the movie in the people that you're putting the movie in the hands of the people that want to go see it correct and that's where you're seeing a lot of the upward swing and i think um i think that's wonderful i think we've got the proper people actually going to go see it i think you know you get these critics in there that just you know they didn't their popcorn wasn't heated to the right temperature and they want to they're they're mad and then they they don't want to watch a comic book movie anyway which most of them admit and then they still review it and then they still get the score out there so that's what kind of pisses me off about the whole thing but all right ryan bring it back no so, yeah, hey you're you're 100 <laughs> right man you're 100 right so anyway, that's what I've kind of, I've, uh, you know, as it's bumped up against my bumpers on online, I've stayed away from reviews myself. Um, but as I've been bumping up against it, you know, just in the natural course of the day, um, that's what I've seen. I'm excited to kind of go in there, hopefully as blind as possible. So I have to ask you that we will, we will I chat about it. I, I won't say anything. <laughs> I won't say but anything. I'm going to try to go in there as blind and uh and and just kind of go in there and just go, mm, I'm ready for it because I can tell you I am ready. Oh, I'm ready for dude, this movie. I'm dude, excited. I'm ready. I'm ready, man. And I think, you know what, here's I I, I um I mean I put something on our Twitter page the other day, and I think we can we'll close we'll close with this. Okay. Let's <laughs> we'll do close it. with this. Let's do it. Um there's a let's see here. There's a few things. Jason Inman uh, put something out there. He's a, he's a comic book writer. Um, pro tip to all, the fan, to all the fans out there. There are no, quote, true fans of anything. When you love something, you're a fan of it. That's it. No measuring scale of fandom or your love exists. Stop using the term true fan to divide us. We're all fans. We all love. So let us all enjoy it. I thought that was that's pretty awesome. I I have no problem leaving it at that. Well said. <laughs> so, so there you go. Well said. Wonderful. All right. Well, I am Ryan O'Farrell. I am John Lemmings. And this is Reasonable Fanboys. I hope you guys have a great one. Bye.